What is going on, everybody? It is your weekly AEW review and breakdown. It is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast. Wow, that was uh, doing that out of order. It sounded so fucking shocked. All right, never, never doing that again. All right. Go anyway, fuck um, I might. But I'll, I'll, I'll make it sound a little bit smoother next time. Sometimes you gotta just spice it up a wee bit there. Eh? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I am one of your illustrious hosts of this illustrious pod, uh, the Duke of Derbs, also known as the Digital Phantom. Um, and I'm also here with my buddy, uh, Charlie, a.k.a. Uh, the Rizzler himself. The Rizzler! Um, How's and, going, everybody? Yeah, what's up? And, um, you know, we got we got some wrestling to talk about. Some good stuff this week. Um, I feel like, you know, coming off the pay-per-view, we needed a strong week because, like, for some people, the pay-per-view didn't hit, you know what I mean? I'll be honest. Like, um, it was kind of like a New Japan pay-per-view where, like, there was a lot of stuff on there that you're like, eh... But then, like, the last several matches, it's like, all right, we we're, we know we're getting here, you know, like... You're like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, this is why we showed up right here for this, for this bullshit, you know? Um, and I think, I think be honest with you, and something that wrestling shows don't tend to do a ton anymore, it's much more thing in the WWE, it felt like World's End was built around the angle of MJF and the world title, you know what I mean? Like, which, maybe it should have been, you know? Um, and the other angles that the other pay-per-views were as well, but it just felt like that more than any others relied so much more on the stories going into it as opposed to just the matches carrying it, you know? Because um, I think when we look back at 2023, it's going to be a, a year of incredible wrestling and some incredible storytelling as well. But um, the thing that carried most of AEW's pay-per-views, I think, was the wrestling, you know, especially the New Japan um, crossover shows. How crazy is it we get two New Japan crossovers now? Oh, such a cool time to be a wrestling fan. But... um. Yeah, so and, and honestly, they're three for three with their New Japan events. Like, yeah, hundred percent, very, I agree. very good quality, top notch. First Forbidden Door, one of the best pay per views in AEW history. Second Forbidden Door, the best AEW probably pay per view they've ever put together. You know, like that's not like um an AEW only show. Like best, okay, I guess that's not hard. That's hard to fucking because like they've only done two shows like that. But like, I guess three now. But at the time, it was only two. But like, I think even including Wrestle Dream now, it's probably the best one. And Man, just yeah, just such cool stuff they've been able to do on those matches. Shit, we got the first Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. match there. You know what I mean? I wrestled yeah. game, so you know. Anyway, um, not to get too lost in the weeds here. Um, I'll just hit the stuff that we have that we're going to talk about the show. Um, for those of that didn't see it already, we did do our awards show, so it's live if you're interested. It was a really fun time getting to re-record that. I actually was like super like concerned when we had to re-record it that we weren't going to have the same sauce we did the first time, but it actually ended up going longer than the first one, I think. So I, I think we actually had more sauce somehow. I, with um, us, I feel like we could just <laughs> we could redo it. The whole we could have done another like, two hours work, on just that original awards yeah. show, but we, we were intentionally trying long. to keep it within like an hour and a half, like ten minutes because we knew we know it's like if an hour. An hour is okay for an awards show, but like longer than that. I mean, we could do, we did do longer than that, admittedly. But at the time, we were like, we we just want to try and get a, a clean. And it, it was what was so nice about it. It was a clean hour. You know what I mean? Like it was like perfect almost. And then so we just added some some extra in there because we figured we might as well. You know, it's it's already late, so fuck it. You know. Um, we also have Mercedes Monet getting talked about a ton in uh in in interviews. Well, probably in interviews as well, but. Uh, and, and just the wrestling community in general, everyone seems to be um, uh, hyper-focused or fixated or whatever you want to call it on uh, where she's going to land, which based on the rumors, not to spoil what's probably in news, the, the people have pretty much decided she's if she doesn't show up in AEW, it's kind of crazy, basically. Like, if she doesn't, it's kind of the biggest swerve of all time now. Like, um, anyway, um, 
And let's see what else we have. Some injuries that we, you know, have updates on. Ring of Honor, Collision, Dynamite, Rampage. We got those results. Uh, interesting New Japan releases that are coming up that we're we're going to address here because some of them are really surprising. Some of these people are just contracts that are coming up. Um, so many contracts. Like I saw Shibata is is he's probably still under contract there, but he's basically saying he's the AW guy now, which I'm sure is also a news. I'm spoiling all the news, you know. Um, and uh, you know, um, where do, you can also you know make sure you guys whatever podcast platform you know you're you're uh, listening to this on be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Um, you know, make sure you absolutely uh, hit follow or subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And you know, also just that five star frog splash review. Um, you know, and also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us, uh, me at Bane Duke, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. Um, just barely got it back in time for the show. We would have had to be sending you to the other page, which is <laughs> at Eat Sleep Elite. We won't, talk, we won't get into that, but fucking Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, it was fucking sniping bot. It's got the sniper bots out, you yeah, know? Yeah, bro, they thought I was um, a bot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, the bot snipers. But anyway, Fuck, um, I'd be playing against the bot snipers in Search and Destroy. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, the yeah, AI Warzone uh, players. Oh, I, I'm saying an MW3, but not like actual bots. Just the people are bots. Anyway, um, where I literally will watch people like aim down the same fucking cross every time, and I'm just like, you know, what if I just went down this left street on invasion? Anyway, oh look, they're still standing there. Oh, they're dead. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, that's the COD talk out of the way, but. Yeah, no, I mean, and you can also follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, where we're trying to build that little wrestling community over there on X. And uh, you can send us in questions. You can send us in, you know, your thoughts on things. And, you know, sometimes we'll address that stuff on the show because we just like, we like to, we like to hear what you guys are feeling and then uh, you know, talk about it a little bit. Anyway, um, it's a good time. Um, we like to... Uh, we like I, I don't know about you, Charlie, but I've always enjoyed engaging with the community no matter what I'm doing. It's always been my favorite thing about uh, doing content like this. Like when we do the live shows before, that was like my favorite part of it is that we would have like 20 people, something like that, that would regularly come in and just start like they knew our humor yeah, and our inside jokes. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd, and they'd have our their thoughts and shit and they would just chill. So yeah, I, I appreciate everyone that comes and chills with us. Um and then that'll take us to the actual start of the show here, which I droned on just enough to uh, drive everybody insane to build up the uh, the tension in the scene, Tarantino style, uh, with uh, rambling dialogue. But um, that being said, Charlie, we're, we're going into favorites, and it is your week. So go ahead and hit me with your best shot. Yeah. And something we kind of uh, we met, we addressed in the awards show is we're going to keep track of our favorites throughout the year. Because we want to, you know, I think that'll be fun at the end of the year to kind of reminisce about who 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 ended up catching our eye the most. You know, how many times because that, that should factor been this into week, or this year whether who our wrestler of the year is one thousand percent. It shouldn't be your wrestler of the year outright, but if it's somebody who's very commonly coming up in your favorites, yeah. like for me last year, the example of this would have one thousand percent been Orange Cassidy. Um, it had if I went purely off my favorites from last year, it probably would be OC by a mile. You know, yeah. So, kicking it off for me this year, man, we, we're we heading straight to Dynamite, and uh, Kanosuke Takeshita defeated Darby Allen. You can't beat Darby Allen on pay-per-view, but you can fucking beat him on Dynamite, and 
Duke, this match was under 13 minutes. It was a fucking sprint. And it did a world. This is what AEW is all about. This match, they just threw two guys out there that everyone loves, that everyone knows can fucking wrestle. And they went out there and they let them wrestle. There were no punches pulled. They beat the living shit out of each other. There were moments where I thought Darby Allen might have actually corpsed. Um, Darby Allen works so well with just about anyone. But add a little extra flavor on that. He works so well with these guys who I like to call in the ring. They're smooth, right? Like every single thing they do is extra buttery smooth. And when we, we've talked about the comparisons with Kenny Omega and Kenosuke Takeshita, and that's one of the things. There's not a single wrestling move that Takeshita does that doesn't look textbook. And when you combine that with someone who can sell like Darby or who's willing to sell like Darby, you get a mix of a fucking, you can get a really fun match out of the deal, out of the whole deal. And, uh, I, I just, I really enjoyed this match. And, um, I thought it kicked off dynamite on the right, on the right foot this year. You know, let's, let's get to, you want to talk about a more sports product? This is it. This is what you do. There's really no reason for these guys to go fight each other. Other than the fact that they're great wrestlers. True. Do you want to hear something? Do you want to hear a crazy stat that I you didn't know? even realize? I was just looking this up because I was thinking about this. I was like, well, I wonder how long it's been since Darby had a singles match. It's been since November that he last wrestled in singles. Yeah. So it's been a few months. So this is just another one of those examples of when Darby Allen just doesn't wrestle singles for a while, but then he comes out and he's like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm one of the most over wrestlers in the world right now. You know, like. Like, is it going to be a complete shock to us if he holds one of these singles titles this year? Absolutely. I, I would be shocked if he didn't have a shot, at least, at the TNT. Yeah, like, Christian Cage feels like the per- one of the perfect villains for him. They have history already, but on top of that, like, you know, um, I just feel like Darby's always great to throw into that. He's, like, synonymous with that TNT title at this point, you know? He is. He's he the same is, way that and, Cody was. And, you know, I it, it the timing of this is brilliant, too, because in the awards show, as you guys will see, if, if you've heard or if you plan to listen, uh, I put Takesha as my most underrated. And I gotta tell you, having this match happen this week after I did that, I almost felt, like, fucking vindicated for it. Because I was like, this is who Takeshita is. This is how great he is. This is what he can do. And, uh, yeah, he picked up the win. I mean, there was actually a couple really great moments here, including the rolling Germans down the, uh, whole ramp thing, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, uh. It was the power drive knee that uh, got got the win here, followed by a it, that was hit after the Avalanche German suplex. So, yeah, any thoughts you had on this match, and uh, what what was your favorite of the week? Yeah, just the overselling on everything, like the back body drops. Oh my god, that knee counter to the fucking Lope, bro. We just need him right in the fucking jaw, dude. That was one of those times you talked about. I think he was actually corpsing, bro. Dude was dead. Bro just got kneed in the jaw. Um. You know what this felt like? This felt to me like an indie, like not in like a not not in a disparaging way. I mean this in like a good way. This felt like to be the main event of a really cool indie show or like a PWG match. This is what that felt like to me. A million um, percent, and that is and, core uh, AEW right there. Yes, and Darby was selling his ass off. Um, and I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I hope this reminds them what they have in Kanosuke. Maybe they pull him away from this Don Callis thing a little bit more. Or at least have him start wrestling more singles. Like, I don't know how you have Kanosuke in this group and you have him as a tag guy. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I see so much more in him than that, you know? Um, 
they did a German suplex off the top rope, which is just, that's got to be incredibly dangerous, you know? Um, except that one with the power drive. And yeah, it's a, it's a great match. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I, I'd seen people saying how crazy this match was. And I, I, I had to like do the quick sniper pause on Twitter where like you see a, a clip of something and I didn't want to see it. Cause I thought it was as good as they were saying, I was like, okay, I don't want to watch this until I yeah, watch it. Yep. Live, you know, or, yeah. And you're in full. Yeah. I, yeah. Know, I know exactly what you mean. And, uh, I sometimes will watch those things and it doesn't really particularly matter, but I, I just, it was, it was one of those ones where I was like on paper, I knew that match was when I was going to potentially like, and then I wasn't sure, you know, cause Darby isn't perfect. He doesn't always have an amazing match, but you know, even against somebody like Kenosuke, he's going to. So, um, I guess let's, I mean, we could just, but just so we can kind of skip over this and we don't have to like hit like a brief thing. Let's talk about like the promo afterward as well. For this match, because I it just makes more sense to talk about it here with yeah with so the uh, Don Callis obviously comes out or were they already out there? I don't think they were already out there, right? I think Don was on commentary. That's right, and then they also and then he comes down to the ring. Does Which Kyle right and everybody else come out? He's funny. Oh yeah, he's funny. Um, and you know, obviously, well, we have Kanosuke says some stuff in Japanese that obviously I don't understand because I don't speak Japanese. And then uh, yet it sounded so badass. Oh yeah, he sounds like a fucking killer. Like I don't even know. I need to know what he's saying. Dude sounds like he's about to like steal my lunch money. You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I, I don't remember anything spectacular from the from the promo afterward. But I, I you know, it was just more Don Callis family stuff. Um, I think they implied that Kanosuke is going to start going after some people again, though. Like, yes, his um, first target is Sting. So, I mean, hey, that, that should be a huge... They challenge Sting and Darby Allen to a tag match next week. It's yes. Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs. Two guys I absolutely love, so... And they should be able to pull a good match out of... Uh, I mean, Darby will be able to do most of the match. I mean, he'll probably just get beat up for a while, and then Sting will have a, a nice hot tag segment, I'm sure. I need to see Sting take a German from fucking Takeshita. I need to see Powerhouse need... Hobbs give Sting the uh, Jericho treatment now. They're not going to do that on Sting's way out. That'd be fun, though. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, just... Good segments overall. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, Darby Allen, always going to deliver. Kanosuke Takesha, probably one of the best young stars that really has not been used in the way that we probably should have been so far as a talent in AEW, which is a little sad because he had so I'll, much I'll hype. Say, I'll say I agree with that statement, but after he beat Kenny Omega, he hasn't been used the way we thought. Before that, there was a lot of great stuff, especially... You know what I mean? Like the whole Hangman Page thing and the Kenny Omega feud was great. But after that, they just forgot about him. So. It's the Don Callis effect, man. Which is so weird. Um, those that keep track at home, this did get a four and a half star nah, if you from the be, uh, Observer. If Kanosuke was on his own here, this is, this is a fucking hot take. If Kanosuke was on his own, there was no other people in the Don Callis family, right? I think it could work. In the same way that he's got enough raw athletic talent that in the same way that Kenny just shows out and his Don Callis effect doesn't work on him because he's just so talented, right? Yep. I think the same thing could work for Kanosuke, but he's just surrounded by too many bodies right now. And they don't feel like a group. That's a big deal. Especially when you added Sam. It's kind of like the firm, right? Like, they didn't feel like a group, you know what I mean? And no, that, they don't, that, they don't that feel like a group. Long. And... I don't know what it's going to take for them to find that missing piece. Maybe it is just Will. If Will comes, it'll automatically feel like a real group. But I don't know. I don't think I want Will Ospreay in this shit. As much as I'd love a Will Ospreay to catch the little tag team. 
Give me those guys against FTR. <laughs> I think when Will comes through, I think United Empire becomes an AEW faction too. You know what I mean? I think that's probably what happens because he's got two of his members there. You know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, a four and a half star match to open the year for Dynamite. I mean, that's that's a highly recommended match. So uh, if you guys at all care about this match, I would definitely, definitely recommend it. So. That being said, let's jump over to you, Duke. Uh, what, what do you what do you got for us this week for your favorites? And uh, if it comes from Rampage, I might shit my pants. Yeah, no, it's not no chance. Um, <laughs> we're going straight to uh, already to this. So so <laughs> collision main events this year. Um, we obviously didn't have a collision uh, the week of the of the holiday, right? Yeah. Um, so, which probably was smart because of the pay-per-view won't be on a Saturday. Um, but it sucks that that's going to be the precedent going forward. That means I won't have a collision review that week. So, you know, I-, I demand that you make Ring of Honor fucking goaded on those weeks or you are fucking L company, AEW. Anyway, um, but yeah, we had the House of Blacks, Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black taking on FTR, uh, Dax Harwood and uh, Cash Wheeler. And uh, Buddy, this was a, uh, a good ass match. Um it was kind of crazy too because it was kind of more of a House of Black style match. Like early on, they were doing a lot of quick paced tag in and out, switching in and out of the partners, trying to get the advantage. And um, then House of Black started hitting the mind games, and the offense was kind of out on both sides. Like there was a sequence, and I, it was the sequence of two tags that I was just talking about. Where I forget who it was, whether it was Dax or Malika, I hit this fucking big move. And the one person tags out. Then the other person comes in, immediately hits a big move, tags out. Yeah. The other person, the other person comes in. The other two, the people that just hit the big moves, uh, the person that just hit the big move and just you know um, tagged in, stare each other down for a few seconds. Like, what the hell is going on here? They're in a stalemate, you know. Like, it was kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a tag team type of match that I don't think I've seen in a while. You know, um, it was really cool. Um, I already wrote in my notes, uh, you know, um, FTR are already trying to be the team of the year again. And we're only like fucking 10 days, well, currently only 10 days into the fucking paper. At the time, we were only like a few days into the year, you know, yeah. like, which is, I mean, it was, I guess it was a couple of days ago, but you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 they're just already losing their minds, um, which that bodes well for the tag division. Um, do we think FDR will win the tag titles again this year? Like, does that seem like a yes. realistic possibility? Yeah. yeah so, like, I, I can't imagine when we go into that stretch of shows at the end of summer that these guys are not either champions or going for the championships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it's got to be them or the both of win those titles and, and then what... feud with them. That would yeah. be a good feud for the summer. I feel like just like, let them start the summer. Have a, all right. Here's what you do. I don't know who will be tag champions. Maybe you give F, you know Billy and fucking Billy. Maybe you give Big Billy Starks and fucking um maybe you give Big Billy Starks the tag titles for fucking <laughs> for uh, uh you know up until then and they drop it to fucking um Bolt Club Golden and you run Bolt Club FTR all FTR all summer. That that could be I that could be some serious money, you know. I think we need this team I don't know how long they're gonna hold. I would say Revolution. They drop it if it's a if it's an actual feud. Yeah, that, that can make. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Give give them a few months though. Let's see what. Let's see how they cook. Let's see yeah. if Ricky can really make us care about his title reign. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't know. I still would like to see him with a single title before I write that off. But I'm I'm with you on that. Um, speaking of letting them uh, letting them cook, they definitely let them cook here. Oh, by the way, Dax's hot tag. The build up to that. My God. 
Yes. Um, yep. Cash might be the best, like building up to a hot tag guy in in the business. Honestly, like he just—I don't know. One of my what... favorite things about FTR is there. Neither guy is the designated, you know, the hot tag, if you will, the Ricky Morton, yes. right? That mm-hmm. there was always one guy in that tag team that was the hot tag. With FTR, yes. there's matches where Cash is working for the Heat, and there's matches mm-hmm. where Dax is working for the Heat, but they are both capable. Of delivering on that tag. Sometimes, like the Aussie Open match at New Japan, they can do it in the same fucking match. Yes. Obviously, you yeah. need a lot of time to do that in a match, but yeah, they did it which there. is why that match was so fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, we got to go back and watch that match at some point. That one was fun. Um, fucking uh, probably still has my favorite moment ever in a tag team match. It's just like holy shit, you know, like um. But yeah, no, I mean, just uh, the House of Black were still threatening Dax's family, and you know, um, they hit the, they they, they, they did everything. Um, I mean, whatever. It's not the first time somebody's done it. I I do wish they had gone a slightly different direction with it, but I'll tell you why I give it a pass because it's not just that he's just attacking the guy's family, right? Like yeah. we've seen that before plenty of times in wrestling, and it only really really works if you do something like what Swerve did with it, right? Which they're not going to do with the House of Black because. There's connotations with like Satan, satanic worship and shit like that that people are not gonna get. That that's gonna be like fucking. Remember that ACW show that they fucking crucified somebody at and how that went? Yeah, I don't think AW fans would really be uh, on board with that. But like, a bunch of cultist fucking, you know, Satanists fucking break into a house of a, of a fucking Southern man with a mustache. No, 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 that's no, not happening. I'll tell but you what, what I think though. can happen is this story where they're trying to make them their new family, right? They're trying to yeah. do what cults do. They're trying to cut them off from their loved ones, and they're trying to, you know, isolate them so they can become, you know, their uh, members, servants, whatever you want to call them. Like, they can become members of the House of Black, if you will. So I'm, I'm willing to give it that. Uh, and I'll um, tell you this. Uh, we, uh, something we were wanting was, you know, if FTR is not in the top, not in the championship storyline, they're capable of making you care more about their tag team storyline than the championship. It's proven in NXT. It's proven Which in AEW. It took them like one week of this feud to be, make me care yeah. more about this than I, the tag I titles. I think the family angle works very well with someone like Dax, who we know just how much of a family man this guy is and how public he is about it. It's genius how when he was on that singles run, every promo he got was about his fucking family yes. and his daughter. And, you know and I mean? he, like, he's very open about the, You're right. The daughter promo, that was incredibly, it was a beautiful promo. And, you know, I'm a fight like an eight-year-old girl. Like, that was a beautiful – we know that how much of an open family guy he is. So, attacking his family – excuse me, it has that extra layer. So, I really like it. I think it works Agreed, for this agreed, agreed. House of Black, why not? Why not tune them up a little bit, right? Well, I mean, yeah, agreed. Like, House of Black is weird. They don't ever really lose anything when they lose, but they also, I feel like they don't really gain anything when they win. You know what I mean? Like, even Julia Hart's ascendance. So, yeah, we just, I don't feel like it's elevated House of Black. We more to them than you know? just like, oh, they look cool. And then that's that's the thing we've been missing a little bit lately. And this feels like this is giving this to the giving that to us a little bit, you know? 100%. Um, yep. A little bit goes so, a long way. Like, Julia really added to their group, and it really, really uh, brought in some fresh blood. So Agreed. They had the power and the glory. They had some really close near falls in this one. There's just literally nobody better in the world than FDR. It's just them and then everybody else, you know what I mean? Um, and them and the Young Bucks and then everybody else. How about that? Um, like, 
Brody King did get a little involved, but then Daniel Garcia makes the save. And if that's going to be a trio, my guy, oh my God. Holy shit. That's um, those Continental Classic storylines following. We like oh, that. Oh, yeah, buddy, buddy. Like yeah. More than just for the championship. And for yeah. clearly for Daniel Garcia and Brody King, it's extended even more. 100%. And uh, I, and if that's going to be a feud for a little bit going forward, even if Danny loses that, that's still a great feud. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't think he will though. But hey, you never know. Uh, AEW do be fucking weird sometimes. Uh, Dax ended up reversing a pin combo for the win. Um, and then we had a post match beatdown, which Julia Hart then, while this was you know uh, happening, started hitting a ten bell salute uh, to FDR, which Incredible. was fucking metal. Incredible. Um, that's so good. <laughs> and. Yeah, just really great fucking segment overall. Great closing to the show. Uh, Collision main events are going to win again this year. It's not even close. They're going to clear everything again easily. And uh, that takes Best us to the end of favorites. Spot all week. Yeah. Yeah. It's and good shit. So I'll just uh, – someone want to add to this is uh, I, I think the, the ending works very well for – especially for FTR. It's, it doesn't have to be the perfect finish every time. Right, you can you can get the pin attempt, the roll up, like you said, and it can work, and it really works for them. Because how many times have they said it? It's not always uh, they don't call it the big rig anymore, but uh, whatever it's called, the uh, shatter machine, shatter machine. It's not always that that has to end it. Um, I thought there were some really cool moments with Malachi, specifically the camera shots of him kind of staring down the family. I like that aspect. Psychological tag team wrestling, the you know. And when you tag in those emotional beats, you you get the idea of what wrestling can really be about. And the fucking god that uh the tombstone uh, on the apron, Jesus, that was fucking nuts. Whatever the hell that was, the tag team tombstone that that move looks like it kills people. Oh that, uh, yeah, it's like out. the stuffed pile driver or whatever on the apron. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. And they did it so fast too, which means I wonder like I wonder if that's, like, a risky spot. And, like, if they didn't hit it that quick, they would have been fucked. You know what I mean? Like, or if Cash just yeah. lost his balance or something. You know what I mean? Like, either way. I, you know it mean? could like, be an odd thing also where maybe they spent a little bit too much time at the beginning to hit their – because this ending sequence, I feel like, could have been another, like, three minutes. So maybe they might have just – you know what? Someone might have taken a bad bump or something and it just took a yeah. longer maybe sell. Maybe they just sold a little more than they thought. And, you know, who knows? They could be a lot I, of Maybe they were feeling out the crowd and they were like, you know what? We might have to rush a little bit at the end, but it will just add a little bit of excitement to the ending. I feel like as a wrestler, they know that and they can time that with the crowd sometimes more perfectly. I, I didn't notice what you're talking about, but I know what you're saying. It did feel like they, they pushed – the pace a little bit at the end, but I yeah. mean, oh, I think yeah. they're just trying to hit their time. You know what I mean? Maybe that was all it was. You know what I mean? like, I'm sure that's exactly what it was. But yeah, uh, off to a good start with our favorites for sure. That that was yeah, uh, that was a really really fun match, and I, in my opinion, those are the best two matches of the week. So, do we think this uh, tag match is gonna is gonna make it into match of your contention, or eh, maybe not? Uh probably. Uh, collision made events so hard because we're gonna have another 50, 51 of them that are gonna be hard to beat, right? But I mean, it's definitely there right now. I can tell you that much. Collision match of the year right now. 100%. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, hey. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into some news, eh? We got some We got some fun stuff here today. Some news, eh, bud? Canada, eh? Yeah, a little Canadian. little uh, chupacabra for you, if you will. <laughs> little Canadian. Um, some some injury updates. It is expected that Pack will return at any any given time. Is expected to return soon. Um. Came both oh, from Melter. I think I know who our new trios champions are going to be. Then, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! 
Uh, nearly six months out of action, he will be a welcome return. Could he return at homecoming? Potentially. Some heavy, that could be cool. heavy rumors today. Right, if we get him him back and fucking uh, Mercedes, that'd be some dope shit. Yeah, there's some heavy rumors today about another injury potentially coming back. And that's uh, Jamie Hayter, which is – that's kind of just catching wind today. More rumors to this than substance, but as we've seen a lot with injuries, where there's smoke, there's got to be a little bit of fire. So yeah. if right. Jamie I'm Hayter fucking returns, that yeah, I'm is hit you. huge. I'm going to hit you with an idea here. Jamie Hayter's music hits. She comes out, says she wants competition because she's been out of action for so long. Mercedes music hits. Uh Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, maybe Mariah May will make an open challenge, and that's when Jamie comes out, and then they just have Mercedes, like, debut. I Start the show with Mercedes if she's going to be on, and don't be fucking cowards about it. You know, like, this is the way. Speaking of Mercedes, let's jump into it. So, there's an ongoing list of fucking different pieces of updates, cherry-picked from here, from there. Zarian set has been saying he expects her as soon as possible. He thinks he he's been, and we've heard rumors from before. His sources are from Warner Brothers. That's always been the thing with Zarian, and why a lot of people, you know, when he says he's saying it, usually usually turns out to be correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now Meltzer, um, the most recent thing I have from Meltzer. His his quote goes like this. On last night's show, there were no teases for Mercedes or for her appearing Wednesday in Jacksonville. What I know is that AW does expect to start her on TV soon, but as noted, until it happens and the contract itself is signed, I wouldn't consider anything 100%. One would think that there would be some sort of tease of a surprise if she was to appear, since that's been the case for, with most major signings. But Sting's original debut in Jacksonville came out of nowhere. So, yeah, and he said he goes on to say there's been clearly signs of WWE and AEW talking with her. This has gone on with AEW for months, if not a year, and she's never signed yet. There's a lot of talk within wrestling of her on this week's Dynamite, which she wasn't on. We do know that the expectation is she will be in AEW fairly soon, but until a contract signing is confirmed, anything can happen. So... That's just kind of, you know, one of the cherries on top of the rumor mill, right? right. Uh, Alvarez has been really in, but I think the one everyone keeps pointing to is Zarian saying his sources from Warner Brothers expect her to be there. And Sean Ross Sapp about two weeks ago, the one we talked about where WWE and her are no longer on the same page. So this is one of those things where if you if you take the individual stories as individual, they don't mean that much. I mean, they mean something, but they don't yeah. individually actually represent that much other than, okay, here's a piece of information. But when you add them all together, it starts to paint a pretty clear picture. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. It just seems it's more than likely what the what the future is going to hold. Um, and and this could be like – I feel like we were doing this with Will Ospreay at one point last year where way earlier in the year people were saying – well, he's going to show up in a WWE here and there and blah, 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 blah. But reality was, Guy was never going to sign until he was comfortable with either the numbers or the situation. With the so. Jay White one. Jay White's another perfect example. There was example. booking plans. We were hearing yeah. about booking plans for him in WWE. 
And those plans may have even existed because it was I under their they, they were under the impression that he was going to sign there. But as always, things can always change. And the reality is, like, she could decide to sign with WWE even though talks have completely stopped. Like, just because talks have stopped, she may have heard a number from them that she's okay with, and she's just looking to see if AEW is willing to match or exceed it. You know what I mean? That's what that could mean. She could have come to an agreement with WWE and said, okay, but I want to see what else I can get out there first. And so they stopped negotiations technically, but in reality, well, they they would maybe go back to the table a little bit if she doesn't get what she wants somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And so we don't know. These these contracts aren't like sports contracts where like the, the, she doesn't need to be under contract by a certain time in the year in order to wrestle. You know what I mean? Unless she's from a different country. Yeah. But even then, they can still make visas and stuff happens, it seems like. You know, like, so not easily, but they can do it. You know what I mean? It's something they can work through. So like, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I would like to believe that she's basically almost a guarantee at this point, but there's no such thing as a guarantee in wrestling. Cause you can oh, never I say never feel the exact same as you do. So until she actually debuts, um, I'm not considering it as a win in the column for AEW yet, but when she does, you at best believe I'm going to be fucking, uh, meet Shucklin on t- Tony Khan for getting that signing. You know what I mean? That'll be that would be beautiful. Um, Adam Copeland was recently on uh, Sam Roberts, I want to say podcast here, and he kind of opened up about his in ring timeline. This is a fucking great interview, by the way. If you have two hours to kill, fucking this Pretty is good a, one. I listened to this whole thing; it was great. Oh hell yeah! So one of the quotes we got from it was, even though it's been four or five years back now, it's not like I got another four or five in front of me. I know I don't. We're looking at like a two-year window here to be able to get as much done as I can get done. Tell as many stories as I can. Try and help talent along the way with that. Now, I feel like what perfect timing for that exact thing he just said to come out. I want to tell as many stories as I can. Try and help talent along the way with that. Now, we're going to get into collision towards the end of the show. but. On Collision, Adam Copeland has an open challenge against Griff Garrison. And Griff Garrison, we covered, I want to say like six weeks ago, we covered a story about how if Adam Copeland were to start a faction in AEW, he'd pick someone like Griff Garrison because he's really interested in him. He sees what he, he sees his younger self in him. And dude, when they're side by side in the ring, holy shit, you can kind of feel it. Um... But you have people saying, oh, they've just turned Adam Copeland into another guy. Edge is just another guy now. This is what he wants to do. What part of that does everyone keep forgetting? And I just feel like it's really important to tell people that today. Because if you are sitting there concerned, like, you know, Edge just really, it just doesn't feel like a star anymore or this or that. I guess I don't understand. Do they not think of the angle that he and Christian Cage are currently having as being a mate? Like almost basically, it's, it's like basically it's already forgotten about, even though it was I, last week. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's not even over yet. How is it forgotten about? They're going to continue yeah. feuding over this championship. Like what the fuck? And it's it's like it's already past news. And um, Adam Copeland was TNT champion. Like what? The fuck? I know, I know, but I just I think that what a fucking statement to come out because. And who knows, there might be people here that are like, you know what, Edge he came here, he just he hasn't felt the same vibe, but I gotta let you guys know, man, just don't don't worry about it. I I really think he's doing what he wants to do, and when it's all said and done, 
we're going to love it. And he's going to bring people up along the way. And I hope Griff's one of those people because Griff is a day one AEW guy that's needed. He's not day one. He's year one, but he's needed something. And maybe just maybe teaming with uh, Copeland or working with Copeland could be the start of something new. Yeah, you said great show overall. That's good. Good. So check that out, guys. Yeah, well, so one thing that he hit on in that show that if you're really curious about why it is he's on this run that he is in AEW right now, why he feels the necessity to do that, he talked about how the pandemic being the worst time ever for him to come back in wrestling and how that fucking that was really hard for him, um, and how he wanted to have all these great matches and do a similar thing to what he's going to do in AEW, um, but he just couldn't because there was no crowd and it just didn't feel the same, you know. Basically, the same thing we've heard a lot of wrestlers say that wrestled during the pandemic, you know. Um, I think it kind of like made it hard for him to get back into his love of wrestling and then the WWE system on top of that. Like, I don't even know. He doesn't explain it like that, but I, you know, there's subtext you can pick up on. And yeah. I don't know. Adam Copeland is just a very intelligent individual. You should definitely listen to that interview. Um, for sure. Definitely worth your time, which is, which is good. Swerve Strickland has been cast in another horror film. Deadline has reported that the, uh, Swerve has been cast in Stiletto. It's a year after the grisly murder of a local exotic dancer, the victim's sister. Lyric searches for the serial killer responsible as he stalks and kills his favorite dancer on the night of the anniversary. It's not clear what role he will play in the film. But my god, imagine if he was the killer. <laughs> no, I think they cast someone, a uh, pretty big actor in that spot. But still, cool for fucking Swerve. Go Swerve, go make your money, man. You fucking deserve it. 100%. Um, let's see. Kota Ibushi announces he will undergo ankle surgery. He was injured at Noah's New Year on January 2nd. And um, there's a lot of heat around this match. Then Kota Ibushi took to Twitter talking about how he feels like he's been scammed and this and that. And it's uh, It's not pretty, to say the least. So... Yeah. Um, Bro, Bushi just needs to take some time off and yeah, relax really for a does. bit. Come back full, fully. Basically, he needs to do what Kenny did. You know what I mean? Like, he just needs to take some time off and and get his body back right. I mean, look at Kenny now. Kenny, a year ago, would not have taken the time off he's taking right now. Even though, okay, maybe because he was about to die, he would have. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that would have been one of the only things that would have gotten him to stop before. And I think the fact that he almost, you know, had lost his career is why he's willing to like, okay, I should take the time for this and not die, you know, like, um, so they, they just need to like have a heart to heart and be like, bro, we need to not die. Wrestling is yeah. too good with, yeah. uh, with us in it. Like, so the last little bit of news here, we got some new Japan stuff, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd, all their contracts are currently on the verge of being up or in Clark Connors case are up. Um, it's new. It's new own management, man. Like uh, they got a lot of new stuff going on there. Are they going to resign these guys? Who knows? We gotta we gotta wait and see. Almost with that, so keep an eye out for that because that's uh, that's pretty big. I mean, those are some. That's some. Big I mean, if names. Tony Khan could snag any of those guys, any individually of them, fuck. If you want to, if you want an instant feud for Will Osprey, bring Gabe Kidd in. You know what I mean? Yeah, Will Osprey. He's, he's beefing with Eddie Kingston right now. Which speaking of that. So what they've done now is they've kind of released some matches on their upcoming tours. So 
I'm going to start at the top here. And uh, we're going to go with Battle in the Valley because we got the full card for this. So Battle of the Valley is January 13th. We're just going to kind of cover that in our news next week. We're not going to do a full show review of it, but we will talk about it in our news. So if you guys watch that and you're interested in our, our coverage of it. All right, we got a six-man tag match opening us up. Jacob Fatu, Fred Rosser, and Shota Umino versus Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. We got a tag match between Mascara Dorada and Valador Jr. versus Rocky Romero and Sabrano Jr. We've got a singles match, TJP versus David Finley. Tag team match for the strong openweight tag team championship, the Gorillas of Destiny, Haikuleo and El Fantasma versus Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin. Um, kind of a cool mix-up of the partners there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sure. um, singles match for the strong women's championship, Julia versus Trish Adora. I like that. Tag team match, Matt Riddle and To Be Announced versus Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. I can get down with Sabre and Riddle mixing it up. That sounds pretty promising. I'm so weird about Matt Riddle right now because, like, obviously, I don't know the details of what that went down with Dude, but it doesn't seem like the greatest guy in the world, you know? No, that uh, one doesn't um, seem like the greatest, the greatest dude. Uh, but uh, he's really good in the ring, so yeah. I'm sure he'll put on an entertaining match. Yeah. Um, singles match for the American Triple Crown Championship. Eddie Kingston versus Gabe Kidd. A no disqualification match. I mean, these these last three matches are fucking nuts. I'm really excited for that one. No DQ match. Shingo Takagi versus John Moxley. And a special singles match. Somebody's dying. Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay in the main event. Good God. Beyond that, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the important matches that they've announced. January twentieth, the new beginning in Nagoya. Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling Provisional Championship, Taiji Ishimori versus Great Okan, and the Never Open Weight Title, Tamatanga versus Evil. Evil was most likely winning that because Tamatanga is leaving Japan. January twenty third, so this, these are technically house shows. Road to uh, New Beginning at Corican Hall. We have Master Wado versus Show, and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, El Desperado versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. The next night, January 24th, we have Hiromu Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito versus Sonata and Doki, and Shota Umino versus Ren Narita in a singles that will main event. February 4th, uh, the road to new beginning at Corican Hall, Hinari versus Gabe Kidd, Jeff Cobb versus Alice Coughlin, Callum Newman versus David Finley, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, Francesco Akira and TJP versus Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. Definitely going to be interested in that. 100%. February 11th, the new beginning in Osaka. This is at the Edeon Arena. The never open weight six-man tag team championships. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, and Tomohiro Ishii defend against Kosei Fujita and Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes, formerly TM61, now TMDK. Fucking awesome spot for Fujita. IWGP Ichiban tag team championships. Boy. El Fantasma and Haiku Leo versus Chase Owens and Kenta. Oof. Uh, uh, oof. Chase Owens and Kenta doesn't push the needle for me as a team. But the rest of the night, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Paul. And a 5v5 steel cage match. United Empire versus Bullet Club. Paul. The cage match hasn't been used in Japan in like the since the 90s. So, 
February 23rd, the new beginning in Sapporo. IWGP New Japan uh, World Television title, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Matt Riddle. And the same night, David Finley versus Nick Nemeth for the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship. Then the following night, the new beginning in Sapporo, Bushi versus Taka Michinoku, Hiromu Tanahashi versus Doki, or Takahashi, my bad. Hiromu, I was like, wait a minute. Hiromu Takahashi versus Doki. Yoda Suji versus Yuya Uemura, so the rematch. Shingo Takagi versus Taichi. Bruh. That was like one of our favorite matches last year. 100%. That's going to slap. And the main event, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Tetsuya Naito versus Sonata. Sonata gets his rematch in Sapporo. And then following that's the New Japan Cup. So, yeah. So basically, I mean, so a lot of like, who knows what's going to happen with some of that, but a lot of the stuff leading up to the cup is looking really, really interesting. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, um, while I was looking at that, Chris Sam, uh, by the way, we got that from Chris Samsa, who uh, does an excellent job on Twitter. Uh, he's also the guy that Kevin Kelly uses for collision and. He was he always got shouted out by Kevin on New Japan and I was like, man, this guy seems pretty cool. He's just a stats guy, just like just like me. So yeah. Um okay. Charlie, Charlie does love some stats. I will tell you guys that. Charlie loves stats. He loves those prize picks. Hey, 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 true, true. Um, so yeah, that should be pretty cool. And um Yeah, other than that, there's just a lot of LIJ versus just five guys week in and week out. It's still going to be their main storyline for the next couple months till the Cup. So, yeah, we'll talk about next week's show at the end of the show. But that being said, Duke, uh, you are taking over now with Ring of Honor this week, which uh, this was episode... I want to say 47. Let me just make sure. Uh, 45. Uh, Wait, no, that doesn't seem right. Is 45 right? I guess it must be. Hmm. Uh yeah, okay yeah Ring of Ring of Con episode forty five. We had a little video package that I think we played a little bit on Dynamite already of Eddie talking after, but I think they might have played the full version here or something of Eddie speaking uh, after winning the Triple Crown, uh, which is what I'm going to be refer to referring to it as because calling it anything else is just silly. Um, we had our classic card rundown from the Rick of Bone Zone. Um, and, uh, we opened up the mat, uh, with a match that I actually kind of, I dug it makes sense with what ended up happening, uh, later in the week, but, uh, we had Griff Garrison, who the fuck is Griff Garrison taking on, uh, Serpentico, um, and they were both fly flagged, flanked by their tag partners, Cole Carter and, and Angelico. Um, and I have to ask, I mean, do people sleep on Serpentico a little bit? Cause I feel like he's given these spots a lot of times in places like Ring of Honor. He was on dark for a long time. We're just making people look good. I think he, I think he accomplished that here. Like, I feel like he showed off a little bit in this match because I feel like Griff just wants to have people show off as well. Um, side note: I didn't know that uh, one of the people that helped train Griff was Caprice Coleman. I, I didn't know that. That's a cool little bit of information, and it explains why he's so you know behind that guy. I don't think this match is going to win any match of the year awards, um, but I do think this was a this match was a good start to the year for Honor Club. I, I actually think this kicked things off nicely um, because kind of what I was hoping from all the AW shows this week, and I think we did get them in some degree, was I wanted to see who they were going to be putting out there on the show as the first of the year. Because to me, that, that implies that's who's going to be at the beginning of the year, be getting a lot of attention. I like that Griff is one of those people, especially on Ring of Honor. So um, 
think that's very good. We got a video package uh, about all in. I think we're going to keep getting these until we get closer to all in. And then we're going to start getting them all the time. Um, which makes sense. They got to sell that show, you know, and it's obviously forever associated with ring of honor because of the first all in being a ring of honor show. So, or at least under the ring of honor banner. Yeah. Uh, we had Lance Archer decimating the unholy and bringing absolution to the innocent. And he won with a blackout one, two, three. Um, so Lance Archer picks up a win on Ring of Honor. So I guess he must be some guy they're going to, some guy, a guy they're going to feature on Ring of Honor. I actually dig that, having a big monstrous guy like that, especially if you're going to still have him doing stuff with the Righteous. Smart moves, you know. We had uh, Dalton Castle with the boys taking on uh, Pretty Peter Avalon. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they did some some good stuff here. Um. It's a still Mojo-less, uh Dalton Castle, um, but I, okay. So I he came out like eating a fucking sandwich, like <laughs> yeah, or whatever the fuck it was, some food, and then he put it in his hands, and the boys actually had something to eat for once. So am I? Am I to take that they just doesn't feed them? They just don't actually eat. I mean, they have, they're in pretty good shape. It must get, must get some calories somewhere anyway. Um, I like I. I think there's a reason Dalton is still amongst the most entertaining things on uh, Ring of Honor TV. He then, at the end of this match, continued to call out Johnny TV, which we'll get back to later on the show in an interview. Uh, Lexi, speaking of interviews, we went backstage to Lexi Nair with Men of the Year. Um, and Scorpio is just like, he's like, oh, I'm taking a backseat. He's actually like a legit comedy in this segment. Even fucking Ethan Page couldn't like, handle it. He was just so funny. He's like, nope, nope, it's not me. It's you. And he literally stood in the back and just started like, <laughs> cheesing in the back i love it um this is like fully locked in ethan page who's ready to rumble i'm down you know what i mean uh let's get it fucking ethan page i i feel like even though i would have liked in the back half of last year to see a little bit more from him on ring of honor obviously they had other plans they wanted to try and execute that couldn't that he couldn't end up in the world title scene but i think it would be really shocking to me if he wasn't a challenger for eddie really soon you know like um or maybe for um, potentially for one of the other champions. But I, I do genuinely think that he's deserving of at least a Ring of Honor world title shot, if not, you know, winning the thing. Damn, you know, like, um, I don't think he's going to win the Triple Crown anytime soon, but I think I think you could get there. But, I mean, if you want him to be, like, a television champion or something, I could see that. But, uh, you know, actually, here, hear me out. Challenger for uh, for potentially for uh, for uh for kyle fletcher maybe you know um yeah. that'd be a legit win for kyle to get so you know um anyway we had more queen aminata this time taking on maya world um it's a little bit of a showcase match here um kind of let's see who rises to the top kind of situation i do like seeing uh, aminata getting a little bit of use in the ring of honor women's division uh she was also obviously used um in aw last was it this week or last week against mariah may i think it was this week right yeah, this yeah. Week. Um. And she ended up tapping out Maya World. Maya World, I hope, uh, is getting more shine because of being trained by Athena. I hope she ends up as one of those people that ends up in the Ring of Honor division, Ring of Honor Women's division, because I think she has something. She just obviously hasn't been able to really show it yet because she's been getting squashed. But um, I would like to see more from her. And obviously, Aminata is one of those ones that if we can lock down, we should, you know. Um, we had uh, Shane Taylor Promotions. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I skipped something. We had a Sting re- Retirement video package. Then we had Shane Taylor Promotions, the Infantry, and the Boys in a three-way match. Uh, I thought the Infantry looked good in moments here. Um, the big story here is Shane Taylor Promotions picking up the win. 
uh, in pretty dominant fashion. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really would like to see Shane Taylor promotions not be a background story this year. I want them to be something main, main line that actually can do something. And we actually think Shane has a chance of winning something and Lee has a chance of winning something. Like, I, I feel like I want that to be the reality, you know? Um, and it, we just haven't been there yet. It felt like for like three days that we were going to be there with this version of Shane Taylor promotions. And then immediately Shane lost to fucking Keith. So, you know, like whatever, you know? Um, yeah. So, unfortunate. I just don't know why they don't see it in Shane. It's so strange to me, but whatever. We had a uh, Griff and Cole backstage who were then uh, assaulted by the SAP boys, which is more, energy than we've seen out of the SAP boys and oh God knows how long. You know what I mean? So I guess that's going to be a few going forward, which I mean, Hey, not a bad first little angle for, I mean, it's not their first angle, but it's not like the first one that probably will get serious TV time. I'm guessing um, not a bad one for, uh, for Griffin Cole to go for there. Cause we know how good uh, Angelico is, but uh, Serpentico, I think, you know, he deserves a little bit of credit. He did a lot of really good stuff on dark for a long time. Never. I don't think got any real credit for it. Uh, we had Red Velvet, who took on Alex Garcia. Um, Red could literally find a temporary home here in Ring of Honor. I think because there's just like, I think I talked about this the last time she was on Ring of Honor. There's just not a lot of space on the AW Women's Division right now. They barely have space for the people they are using, you know? like So if this is a place where she can like ply her trade for a little bit, um, I'm, I'm not against that. We had Red versus Pink here. Um at this point in the show, Caprice already sounded like he was starting to die. Um, so hopefully he's okay. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Ring of Honor could be some good vibes for Red Velvet. Do you have any thoughts on that? I feel like she could actually do something here. Not that she couldn't on the, the main roster, but I just feel like there's just too many bodies that are they're trying to make work. And especially and if we potentially with Deon Perrazzo just came in, Mariah May's getting started. We're going to potentially have Mercedes. There's just a lot of people that are going to be hogging the TV time for a while, if you will. So. I, I think this could work for her. So I didn't mean to step on what you were saying. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know, especially with a new title being added to the to the mix, right? I'm I'm cool with this. I'm I'm actually really really down with this. I think it'll be, uh, you know, something we can. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to say like, essentially, there's less. Uh, biggest big stars, if you will, right? It's just kind of Athena, right? For the most part, it's like Athena, Taya Valkyrie, Mercedes so, Martinez, and you could argue Diamante, but Diamante's never really done anything. So I think that means there's a lot less sharks, if you will. So Red Velvet could theoretically thrive. I can honestly see her getting the secondary title, man. Like I'm cool with that. Like that that works for me. So I I think she's a great fit, and. I'll tell you what, something we all I, I often like to especially talk about is getting reps is so important. And if, if Ring of Honor gets to the reps, so be it. I'm fucking down, you know? Yep, 100%. So I mentioned Mercedes and Diamante. They took on Layla Hirsch and Rachel Ellerringer. I gotta be honest with you. I like all these wrestlers. Pace was not here for this one. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure if it's inexperienced on Leisha, Layla and, and, uh, and Rachel's part. I'm not sure if it's age on Mercedes and Diamante's part. I, I don't know what happened here. Um, uh, story here. Rachel Ellering chose to save Layla from being assassinated. Um, and so that's why they end up losing the match. Because uh, Rachel Ellering was the legal 
member of the team at the time. So she, she cost them the match. So maybe there's a story there. Not sure. But yeah, I just one just didn't really do it for me. I'm not sure why. We have some more of those words from Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is just like every fucking photo that comes out of him with the championships is just fucking it goes like so fucking hard. And every word that comes out of his mouth, like you can tell this winning this triple crown and the journey that Eddie went on the last year of not just becoming a world champion, but now I mean, I guess is the Continental Continental's not technically a world championship, and I guess the strong open weight isn't technically either, but the Ring of Honor world title is and you know, going from from zero to hero, basically, and just everything he does is just incredible right now. Um, Willie Mack took on Kyle Fletcher for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Um, Kyle Fletcher actually had some music here, Charlie. Thank fucking God. Oh, my God. Yes. He needed that so badly. Um, and frankly, so does everybody else in the Don Callis family. We just need music for those guys. Like, the, the Don Callis music, it was. I understand why they did it. It's like the old school it's like the wrestler that refuses to come out with music, right? Because I want to be like an old school wrestler or whatever, you know, like whatever. I don't care. It's a gimmick. You know what I mean? But it didn't, it's, it isn't working. So, um, but I have to ask you, Charlie, is it ever, ever going to be Willie Max time? Because man, <sighs> we know how good he is. We've seen how good he is. I mean, shit, what he was doing at PWG a year or two ago was insane. Uh, know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, I just, I don't get it, man. And I have another um, real genuine question for you. Um, does AEW have a big guy problem, man? Because Kyle Fletcher, we know big how big Willie Mack is. We've seen him against some of the bigger guys, right? Kyle Fletcher did not look small next to him. And I think that's a problem because I feel like Kyle Fletcher is a fucking specimen, but you can't tell because he's in there with fucking monsters and he looks smaller than some of them, you know, like. Yeah, that, that is. A, but he's actually a huge dude himself because Willie Mack is not a small guy. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, I don't know. No, it's a question not. I've asked myself before. Like, is there is there too many large men in AEW that now everybody just looks like normal sized? Like. Too many is that a thing? Mammoths? No, I mean, no. Uh, Willie Mack, let's see. I think Willie Mack's just kind of bigger in terms of weight, more or less, than height. No, I mean, wow, or, Kyle Fletcher's six AEW big guy is just like a, a few inches too short. Is that what it is? Like, so Kyle Fletcher's 6'4. That's fucking huge, right? Yeah. Willie Mack is billed as 5'10. They didn't look that much different. I'm gonna be honest with you. No. So, so somebody's I, lying about their height, and I'm not guessing it's Willie. <laughs> it's one like, of those what? things, though. I mean, look, AJ has looked like he belongs against those guys that are six four. They don't look much smaller than him. It's it's one of those things. If you carry a heavy weight like Willie does, and how he holds it, right, that also applies to this. It makes you look bigger. AJ Styles is five ten, right? But yet, think so? Yeah, he he's, looks just, he's a shorter guy though. I've always noticed how much like when he AJ's looks normal next guy. to like Triple H and stuff. He's yeah. 11, 218. but it's the way he carries himself that even next to Triple H and stuff like that, he he looks like a big wrestler. You would think he's in his, you know. I mean, maybe it's the way they shoot it sometimes too. I don't know, but yeah. like, uh, it's just something I thought I'd bring up. You know? <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I, in wrestling. And I feel like, especially with a live crowd, it can never hurt to have, you know, 
uh, of the bigger guys. Cause I feel like, especially with a live crowd, right? They're going to, every loud wrestling event ever. If you have a big guy, pick someone up and slam him. It's the easiest thing to get a reaction, right? Literally. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they really let Matt cook here. He did get some stuff in. Uh, I put it like this in my notes. I don't think they let him cook, but he was definitely in the kitchen at least. So, I mean, more than they would have normally done for him. But yeah, I know this match could have been better. They both probably know this match could have been better. They just they didn't want it to be that way. So we had no Mojo Dalton backstage with Lexi. And we had Johnny TV and Taya Valkyrie interrupt. And this is one of the fucking funniest segments I've seen in a while. Taya Valkyrie does this little spin around when she first enters the scene. Well, she's in the scene already, but when she first enters like the conversation, that I just... I've never, I've not popped that loud to a wrestling fucking thing, like reaction, like laughing wise. And since uh, I, I can't think of when the last time was, oh, it's yeah. probably something with Adam Cole, like, you know, like, yeah, that, was um, that was brilliant. Yeah, that was good stuff. So funny stuff there. This feud's going to carry Ring of Honor TV probably for a while as it should. A good um, feud here, man. This is, this is what we need. Yeah, we need more stars in Ring of Honor. That's genuinely what we need because Ring of Honor, first of all, AEW has got so much talent. There's absolutely no reason why you can't get some people reps in this company. You know what I mean? Even if they don't want to take it seriously and like vie for titles, just give them the reps. Give them some time on TV, you know? And and if they're not cool with that, then they can just sit at home. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, but just fun stuff. And then that takes us to the main event, which was the Workhorseman in Gringo Loco, which is a fucking hell of a tag team uh, versus Lee Johnston, Vikingo in Commander. What? What a fucking nod for Lee Johnson, dude. Holy shit, you know? Um, Big time. We got some hard chops in here. Uh, obviously, Vikingo is absolutely inhuman. Um, this is some good flippy shit right here. We had a double electric chair power bomb at one point. I don't even know how you do that without killing somebody, you know? like. I mean, Commander ended up squeaking this one out with a roll-up, but this was just a really fun match, like... Ring of Honor main events are are kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they end up putting on a match like after the main event that should have been the main event, and I don't know why, but uh, they didn't do that here. Gringo Loco got to cook. Uh, Lee Johnson really got to cook in this match, and then obviously, you know, Vikingo and Commander did their thing. And uh, the Workhorsemen, I, I didn't particularly notice them in this, but I'm sure they did some really good selling and some great offense. I'm sure J.D. Drake got his moments in, you know what I mean? Um and uh, I know J.D. Drake got absolutely leveled by one of Ch- uh, Commander or Commander uh, Vikingo's fucking, you know, those overhand chop things he does. Oh, my God. Those things look like they absolutely kill, you know, like. Um, one so, of them hit him yeah. like a piss missile. Do you have any, uh, Jesus, do you have any uh, thoughts on this match before we uh, move on from Ring of Honor? Yeah, the match was pretty, was pretty solid, you know. Uh, hey, we got Vikingo in a Ring of Honor match. Again, the... <laughs> The way Ring of Honor builds their shows, I get so confused sometimes because the whole promotion going into the night was, oh, Kyle Fletcher, Willie Mack, Kyle Fletcher, Willie Mack. And that was just kind of there. It was just a match that wasn't like the featured match. Yeah, like maybe it was originally meant to be the main event, but they just didn't think it had the sauce. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. So that's all good. That's all good. It's, uh, yeah, good stuff. Decent show. You know, well, it wasn't the the show we're going to reminisce about, but it was a good show. Yeah, I think it started the year off better than it could have. I mean, it could have been way worse. You know what I mean? Like, agreed. So, all right, that's it for Ring of Con. Now let's jump into the AE dub of it. All right, so we're gonna kick off Dynamite with uh, the Undisputed Kingdom being born. Adam Cole's music hits. Adam Cole's music goes away. 
Uh, the new Mikey Ruckus theme for Undisputed Kingdom comes on. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good theme. I, uh, yeah, I liked it. Did you uh, miss the uh, Samoa Joe video that opened the show? Oh, you know what? You are right. He did have a Samoa Joe little kind of cold open where uh comes on the air. He pretty much, he says he's not a man who makes predictions, but a man who keeps promises. He said after Grand Slam, MJF thought Joe would just be like every other scumbag. But what he did to Joe was turned around on Max. Joe showed up in front of MJF's friends and family and took everything from him. MJF might be a scumbag, but Joe was a heartless son of a bitch. Joe will take, <laughs> will always take what is his. He is Samoa Joe, the AEW World Champion. He'll take everything from everyone who, who tries to take the title from him. I love Samoa Whoa. Joe, bro. This title reign is going to be fire. It's going to be electric. It's going to be the greatest three-month title reign ever. I'm oh ready. yeah, it's gonna I'm be short, but it's gonna be it's gonna be like it's, twenty fucking matches, and the motherfucker is gonna be like, de- he's gonna literally be in the hospital at the end of it. Like, uh, give me what I want. Um, Undisputed Kingdom, the, we finally get their uh, opening promo. Uh, Roderick Strong, you know, Adam. Uh, Cole asks why the crowd doesn't have sympathy for him. Cole and his friends aren't the bad guys for betraying MJF, the guy who has made more enemies than anyone in AEW. It, if that makes Cole the devil, then buy him a first-class ticket to hell. The only person MGF cares about is MGF, and it's about time. There's a change. You know, so I, Cole said he broke his ankle for MGF. Better than babe, better than you, baby, made the fans fall in love with MGF. He saved MGF's title reign and also took it away. This is about ripping out a man's heart and bringing him to his knees. MJF is dead. Bro, this is such a brilliant fucking angle. Because you go back to when they were originally feuding. And what Adam basically decided was, I'm not going to get this guy to give me a title shot again if I, you know, if I don't fucking, you know, like cozy up to him. I'm never going to get this guy. And then it became more about, like, he was watching yeah. him and he, he did all this stuff with him and he just slowly became more resentful, resent, like he resented him more and more. And then probably winning like a secondary tag title with it made him feel like even lesser. You know what I mean? Like, and you go all the way back to that and you carry through the through line to now. And now he doesn't even care about the championships. He literally had him. He had their titles stripped off of them by his own guys. You know what I mean? He literally wants to just destroy MJF at this point. Unfortunately, because of the search current situation, we're not going to be able to get the payoff for this probably, unless it's all kayfabe, right? Which it might be, but I, which I really hope it is, because I, I really feel like we're going to need payoff this sooner rather than later. And if MJF has to take some significant time off, which is the rumor, like. I, I that's that's my only concern with this, Charlie. Is I really like what they're doing with them right now. The Undisputed Kingdom are really cool at the moment, but they're gonna need now. Now they have other people like Jay White to feud with, but yes, but I, the I, next step is very important for this not to die right away. Yes, you can't pull the Pinnacle angle. Yeah, the Pinnacle started off hotter than anyone could have ever imagined, and it was dead within four weeks. You cannot. Yeah, so we just that. need them to. Carry a story with Jay White until we can get MJF back. Or if we can get MJF back sooner rather than later, they might just need to pull the trigger on it. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it's it's going to be tough to sell this without the main guy they're going to be angry at available. Like, I know that they think they could probably get away with it because MJF was off TV forever and just came back and immediately got into stories. But I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic oh, it's an at this point. task. But here, so he kind of give he gives out his mission statement, right? Undisputed Kingdom, 
They're the ROH. The goal here now is to win gold, right? The whole plan going forward is to win gold. Taven and Bennett, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Roderick Strong will go after the international title. Fuck yes. Wardlow will be going for the AEW world title. I would not have said that. Everything just... Sh- all, the, all the heat this segment had died right there. Because... That... I shouldn't say right there. It's the follow-up statement. When Cole is fully healed up, he's going to have Wardlow do the right thing and forfeit the world title to him. I would have cut everything from that completely. I would not have said that line. I think that's the kind of line that you fuck yourself over on right there. Because Wardlow immediately gave a fucking smirk. So are we already... Are we... Day? This is the first ever segment with this group. And we're already planning? We're... we're, we're plotting I, I saw some people suggesting they're planting the idea that Wardlow can come out with a babyface turn from this group. Why are we planting that in the first fucking segment? No! That do is fair. Do not do that! That is fair, but, I mean... This is something you do for fucking I, I, I You know, to be honest with you, War, I hate to say this, Wardlow probably doesn't get this title shot if Adam Cole is healthy. That's my perception. I agree you know, like, he doesn't, and I, I would have just said... Wardlow, you're going to go after that fresh new continental crown that you deserve to be in, or something like that. I, don't uh, give dude, that may have been the TNT. plan, but Adam Cole's just not able to wrestle right now. So, like, yeah, you know so what I mean? it's like, like, I just, oh man, and it, he, Adam would have just said, "When I'm healthy, Samoa Joe, watch your ass," because you know it's like, ah, uh, I don't like, I hate plotting future breakup angles in the group. Ah, uh, just was not a fan of that. Hey, but WWE finally got what they want. Adam Cole's basically a manager right now. <laughs> no, no, please. Um. So yeah. Uh. We'll keep. We'll uh. Wardlow nods in agreement. He's got the smirk on his face. Um. But uh, Roderick Strong international title sounds perfect. Roderick Strong when he was United. Uh. What's it called? Uh. North American champion was fucking incredible. Roderick Strong is a great champion. And um. If he does, if he's not going to get the big dog title. Which, Roderick's someone I could see going for the Triple Crown one day. Ring of Honor World Champion, Roderick Strong? Fuck yeah, I could see that. So, um, but yeah, Wardlow climbs the ranks, he'll take the gold, and yeah, AW needed a change, and Undisputed Kingdom gives it to us. The devil is here to stay, baby. Jay White interrupts. Again, you can't just fuck over everyone and not expect to get shit back to you, right? So, Jay White's here. He said he, he he's impressed that Cole hasn't lost his edge. He's a fan of what they did, little old MJF. MJF. What White doesn't like is being made a catalyst in all of this and attack him when it's all when he's all alone, which he's not tonight. The guns make their way out. A nice pop for the guns. What a what a turnaround for them. Um, from crickets to literally now they're one of the most a part of one of the most over acts in the company. Yeah, it's great. Love to see that. Um, but uh, they're not the only. It's great too because, like, when you you know, it's it sounds like a perfect fit for them when we were talking about for Bullet Club Gold when they originally got added, right? But like, you know, you didn't know one hundred percent that they were going to work with the group. You know what I mean? But then the group worked so well, and they, I think, have done a perfect job of not trying too hard to overshadow the rest of the group. They just know their part in it, and they've played it well, and so the crowd respects that, you know what I mean? And they know they're good wrestlers, too. 
Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And the acclaimed daddy ass at the ring. They chase off Cole who hides behind the doctors. And, and I actually like that spot of the doctors being like, he's not clear. He's not clear. Like they're going to, they don't give a fuck about what you're doing. They're going to protect the, the contracted wrestler. They're assigned to protect heel or face, which is kind of cool. Acclaim the daddy ass of a stare down the white and guns who uh, end up ditching out a lot of history between those groups that, uh, I think we touch on collision maybe, or it's later in this. Orange Cassidy defeats Dante Martin to retain the AEW International Championship in our opening match. A uh, really good pace to this one. Dante Martin, God, he's so much fun. He is so much fun. One of our pillars for a reason. Truly, uh, truly one of our favorites. The Orange Punch ended up uh, writing kind of the, the finish for this match. Post-match private party returned. So, a tag team, welcome back. In a time where we need some tag teams, man, uh, I'm down with this. Bro, this tag division has desperately needed a private party for a while. Agreed. It, it, it's This will be nice nice blood to add to it. And they um, immediately do the thing that they should have done a while ago, admittedly. And as soon as they were back, Zay is like, fuck the Hardys. And that that's the right move. You know what I mean? Like, um... If yeah. the Hardys still had some sauce, maybe. Maybe you run that four person. But we all know at this point, Hardys know at this point, they don't have the sauce anymore. No. No. And uh Yeah, so that this was a fun opener. And with with all these tag teams on our roster that are beyond fucking talented, let's uh let's get going. Let's let's do this thing. Let's get the tag division back to where it needs to be. Let's get the tag titles on a tag team. As much as I love the boys, I'm a stickler with that. I know. But, yeah, I want the tag titles to be on our boys. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, – this is a good match. But, again, unfortunately, same thing with this championship that's kind of been the story of this championship right now. The repeat of this storyline doesn't need to happen. And uh, – <sighs> I'm so I hate saying that because I fucking love Orange, but man, no, he's just he's not really doing anything right now. Like they're, they're yeah, not doing anything with these matches. Like before, it felt like there was an aura around them, and it just feels like it feels like they fucking it. botched. They did feel like that before. It, it feels like they botched the transition to that power or that fucking that energy or whatever you want to call it, the overness that you you know you, what you're supposed to do at the end of an angle like that is put somebody over big, and they put it on Ray Phoenix, and Ray Phoenix did nothing with it. You know what I mean? Like, well. Even before that, it was it was uh yeah yeah he, he dropped it to yeah. John Moxley, but we even said at the time I don't yeah. think John Moxley winning this is gonna matter. You know, like it's it was big for Moxley, I guess, but like it it felt at the time that him him getting that title it wasn't the, the right move. All, it's it's relevant. do I do yeah. I think Ray Phoenix would I I don't think Ray Phoenix if he had won that in that same spot though I don't think he gets that transfer of aura either because clearly you needed to be somebody young and up and coming and somebody who needed that boost john moxley didn't need that ray phoenix certainly doesn't need that ray phoenix can have us one singles match this year and we'll be like oh yeah ray phoenix is amazing why is he not getting more singles matches that's all we have to do you know what i mean like so he should be back from from his injury soon too yeah i so yeah i don't know man we got a lot going on right now so yeah, um, moving on from that, post-match, Hook and, Hook and Dan Housen checked on Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah, duh, that was the thing. So it was just pretty much getting all our tag teams out there. 
Renee is backstage with timeless Tony Storm and Luther, congratulating her on the victory at World's End. Storm said Paquette's perfume is overwhelming and was disappointed this isn't New York, but New Jersey. Storm is headed to Broadway and said she doesn't watch wrestling, so Mariah May can pay her dues. <laughs> Luther picked up Tony, who kicked a shoe over her head and exited the, <laughs> exited the shop. We get a video of House of Black accepting FTR's challenge to a match on Collision is shown. Um, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews burn a photo of Dax Harwood and his family. So once FTR loses, they'll have to accept the, a family that truly loves them. Woof! Good stuff. Woof! We already went on to talk about that match, but yeah, that was fun. I really, really like the angle they're doing. Um, when he's backstage, she welcomes Swerve and Prince Nana. Asked about tonight's main event against Daniel Garcia. Nana said Garcia is a respected competitor, but he's getting into the ring with the boss of the bosses. Strickland said Garcia is getting this match tonight because Garcia is after the same thing Strickland was in 2013. Big pressure isn't about making diamonds. It's about making pain. Metal. Metal as fuck. Strickland said he was looking forward to going after MGF, but his body couldn't hold up. So he told Samoa Joe to stay ready. I was giggling during that, man. I was like, yeah, it's fun stuff. Let's fucking go, dude. Let's fucking go. Um, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun to say the least. Okay, up next we have the debut of Mariah May, and she's taking on the upcoming queen. First of Amina. all, that gear is just Jesus Christ. Like, goddamn. Yeah, Chef's Kiss. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um. Uh, they they build Queen Aminata as the upcoming Queen Aminata, which I really liked. Yeah, uh, I hope that means they're going to try and use her this year because they've used her sparingly in the past on both Ring of Honor and AW, and she's good. Now, was Queen Aminata the one that was billed that she went to Tokyo Joshi Pro under the belief of AEW contract or something like that? Like a I Ring of Honor deal? Do not specifically one? remember who that was. Okay, but I'm. I, I do know that I was definitely an advocate of, of Aminata when she was showing up on Ring of Honor and definitely when she was showing up on Dark, so I can't specifically say. She's definitely one of those ones that I've said, like, I have a list of people. I haven't kept it for a while, but there was a list, if you remember, that I had for a while of all the women that showed up randomly on Dark or Ring of Honor that I wanted to keep. People that were, like, back in my mind that every now, now and then they'd show up, and I'd be like, why are these not? And some of them now, by the way, are on the Ring of Honor roster, by the way. No cap. Like, yeah. um so I, I, I'm kind of hoping she slots into that kind of category. I, if she's already under contract, great. I didn't know if she is. I didn't know. But um, but even if she is, just use her more. I mean, even even if she is under contract, just use her more because she obviously is pretty talented. Um, so, yeah. And, and, yeah. So the match itself I thought was pretty pretty good, actually. Uh, they let Mariah May show off her kind of her strong style, if you will. She likes to slap the shit out of people. She has an insane dropkick whoa yeah that was nice that was fucking clean that was nice to see and you know queen aminata they let her get some work in too you know aw's not afraid even though it's mariah's debut they let queen aminata get in there and show off herself too and i, I think mariah was- wanted to not just have like a good squash i think she wanted to genuinely have like a good match to show yeah. off. hey i'm gonna be about machine i'm not just gonna be really pretty and really good at talking i'm gonna be a actual like in-ring competitor which AEW desperately needs more of that in the women's division right now 
which are we getting a bolt, jolt of it or not? Holy shit. Um, yeah, so the uh, Aminata had a really good comeback, which led to Mariah May hitting a really nice sling blade. And she hit the Fireman's Carry Slam, which is she dubs it the May Day for the victory. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't the longest match, but they got in there and they got in some, some good stuff. The real story now comes Renee joins her for kind of the post-match interview, if you will. And she said she's wanted to be a wrestler since she was a little kid. It's so surreal she's here tonight. She hopes Tony Storm is watching and the new year is all about Mariah. The only regret is that they had to do this in New Jersey. And out comes our newest signee for AEW. Um... Diana Perrazzo, our first signing of January, and Diana Perrazzo, she uh, the signing of the year so far. Yep, first signing of the year. She she came to the ring, really good reaction, good good song too, which AEW already uploaded, which is cool. They, they haven't been doing that always, but Mariah May's theme's up there too now. And so, I mean, you're talking within a week. We've just we got Serena Deeb back, Mariah May, and now Diana Perrazzo. And like a All, couple weeks ago, we got Thunder Rosa. Oh, I love Thunder Rosa. All four good wrestlers. And um, that's that's also including, uh, what's it called? Uh, the rumors of Jamie Hayter returning. Yeah, if we have all those people coming back at the same time and fucking Mercedes coming coming in, dude, and Deanna coming in, dude, that we could have some insane I mean, television talking, wrestling matches. Yeah. Someone said it best. Let's just toss... Uh, Deanna and Mariah May on Dynamite and let them show off what they can do. That's a that's a good welcome. Welcome. That, that's actually a really great shout because I mean I've only seen one Deanna Perrazzo match. No, that's not true. I think I watched one at an Impact card at one point, but I've only seen one where I just like, straight up sat down and watched. And that was a Ring of Honor Women's World Title. Uh, you know, uh, like we had two different champions, lineal and non-lineal, in Ring of Honor, and it was her versus Mercedes, which Mercedes ultimately won, but Deanna looked fucking phenomenal in that match. Like, yeah, so. Um, she's all elite. This is the age of the virtuosa. And if she doesn't want to be here, give a message to Tony Storm. Oh, here's something I put in my notes that I want to hit. Deanna Perrazzo felt as important to me. Like, she felt as important with her vibe when the crowd, and the crowd respected the shit out of her too, which I love. You know what I mean? It felt like when Britt Baker comes out. That's what it felt like to me. That's how the level of fucking poise, importance, and fucking, like, just how in it she felt. You know what I mean? Like, Britt Baker... I feel like is kind of the measuring stick in AEW still, like uh, for women, like you know. And I feel like I felt like the same way I feel when I see Britt Baker on screen, like just a star. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And um, yeah, May said she's not the messenger, and go tell Tony Storm herself, bitch. And she slapped uh, Diana Perazzo, and uh, Diana kicks her in the head. Pretty good stuff. Good stuff. We have Christian Cage's State of the Union. <laughs> Came out there with Kill Switch, Nick and Shayna Wayne, and Tony Schiavone talked about Cage losing and regaining his TNT title within minutes at World's End. Shayna said the crowd need to get on their feet and show respect to the greatest TNT champion who ever lived, their father, the Patriarch. Cage said it's been too much day since he won the TNT title on the debut episode of, episode of Collision. Shivani went to correct him, but Cage told, told him to shut up or Shannon will put him over his knee and discipline him. <laughs> Cage said, you know what made me think of? You remember that great Brandy line with that fucking, uh, 
America top team guy. And she was like, the last time you had women beat you up, you had to pay for it. Yeah, literally. I was just thinking, I was like, Tony probably wouldn't mind that. Like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, damn. Um, that was that was one of the great Brandy lines. She didn't have many, but she had some that were pretty great. It's open mic night, bitch. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so Cave said he has few people to thank for his victory at World's End. Mother Wayne for being his vision. As a mother's work is never done. Next up, the apple of his eye. His boy. Nick Wayne, who selflessly put his body on the line. Despite Copeland trying to end the career of an 18-year-old prodigy. Lastly, Cage would like to thank the person who made it all happen. Himself. <laughs> As he says that, Killswitch is annoyed. Lucha's the worst chance to break out. It's like the dinosaur can kind of hear it. He's like, what? 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 Um... Cage said he's 2-0 against Adam Copeland. It's back of the line for him. <laughs> uh, I gotta say this. Luchasaurus has gotten, like, so over as a fucking heel. When he turns on Christian Cage, he's gonna be one of the most over baby faces in AEW. I'm not even capping. Dude, it's like, gonna be awesome. It's gonna be incredible. It's gonna be they awesome. They have given this guy the fucking gawk gawk 9,000 fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, treatment. Like, he, he, and he deserves it. Be... He's actually really talented, so... And he's been wrestling this, like, heelish style. When he's able to do his flips and fucking, you know, like, spin kicks and shit again, dude, people are going to be losing their shit. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be really nice. Can you imagine a heel Jack Perry versus that guy, dude? Oh, my God. Luchasaurus. Yeah, I'm in. Kate said this was a warning to Copeland and anyone else who wants a TNT title shot. Kill switch versus real glass. Book it, Tony. Book it. It's just the tip of the iceberg of what he's willing to do. He screamed at the at the crowd that the name isn't Luchasaurus, it's Kill Switch. Cage will be TNT champion until he's ready to hand it off to Nick Wayne. They'll be TNT champion now and forever. <laughs> I can't with this fucking guy, man. He's too good. He's too good. That man made it into my awards last year. That's how good he was. Uh, st- State of the Union, uh, promo of the year so far. Not much competition, but you know the vibes. Uh, Renee is backstage with Ruby, Harley, and Soraya. Said uh, Harley is dedicated to this role in helping Soho. As shown by Ruby's victory this past week on Rampage, Harley Cameron said she's willing to do anything. As Soraya said she'd be helpful. Not sane. Ruby Soho walked off and Soraya told Cameron to not make it obvious and didn't answer Renee, who asked what that meant. We had my favorite match of the night. And then we had... uh, a four-way match with the uh, cha- winner earns a continental title match on collision. Trent Breda, Brian Cage, Ahijo Del Vikingo, and Brian Keith. Again, Trent proves he's in these like scramble matches, these multi-matches. Trent's really fucking good at it. He wins a lot. I, I would actually love to know his statistics overall at it. Because, uh, and he knows what he's doing. Um, Eddie Kingston joined us on commentary. Told Tassie has heat with him for not inviting Kingston over for Gabagool during the holidays. That, that popped me. <laughs> but, you know, this was pretty fun, man. Everyone got their own little spots here. You know, Dan Housen was, again, you know, our, our comedy wrestlers getting their spots. And Dan Housen got the spot here. So, you know, do with that what you will. Vikingo and Cage had some fun spots together. And, uh, yeah. Brian Keith is turning out to be one of those sneaky good. I, I don't know if he's technically signed or not, but if he isn't, he should be. Like, it, 
dude, dude has been putting in some work recently. If he's yeah, he's, he's not under contract, get him on that Ring of Honor deal. You know what I mean? Need like, to get him on it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. He wrestled twice this week, right? So, yeah, get him on the Ring of Honor deal. Fuck it. You could even make them all elite, and I think. Uh, yeah, give them that like tiered sort of like that deal. Like I mean, on where it's tiered and it's both. They can show up on both. You know what I mean? Like kind of deal. Like he's got or a lot even of just sauce. Sign him behind it. So. Yeah, um, Renee again is backstage with Daddy Magic Matt Menard. We'll be on commentary for tonight's main event when Hangman Adam Page walked in with his bags. Page said he's here to beat somebody's ass, and if it can't be Samoa Joe, it'll be Adam Cole. If not Cole, it'll be anyone. He storms off. He arrived at the arena with 15 minutes left on the show, so he's got to be quick to beat someone's ass. Got to hurry up, buddy. Hurry the fuck up there, pal. You got to go beat the shit out of some people. You got to fucking do it, bud. Daddy Magic was just like, yo, what the hell? Why does everyone hate me? What the hell? Our main event of the night, Swerve Strickland, Daniel Garcia. And this is a really, really enjoyable main event of two of our youngest stars that we have in AEW. And let's hope this is a sign of 2024 that we ended with the Takeshita match, the four-way, and this match of just awesomeness. This is a really good AEW. And Garcia, you know, he had the dance. He has the dances here with Prince Nana. But man, this was just another example of why Swerve Strickland and the AEW Championship just sounds so beautiful. His intentions have been known. Hangman's there as his rival. They hate each other. They had some great stare offs. Strickland went to shake Garcia's. Uh, Strickland won with the house call on the JML driver, I should add. But there's some really good stuff. Uh, Garcia at one point escaped a wrist lock and took a fucking knee to the face that was just so fucking metal. Um, but yeah, post match, Strickland went to shake his hand, but Nana hit the low blow from behind. Menard hit the ring to help his friend, but suffer- help fight for his friend, but he suffered the same fate. And uh, he was about to say Strickland's about to be the next AW World Champion. Hangman Adam Page came off. The face off happens. Slugfest ensues, and uh, we're all the better for it. Yeah, it looks like we're running back uh, Page versus uh, versus Swerve here, which I mean, it was such a money feud. It was such a money feud last year. I mean, it won our feud of the fucking year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, unanimous. Yeah, and so if if something's out there winning awards for fucking storylines, like, yeah, you gotta fucking run that back. You know what I mean? Um, So, and it probably should run back again after that. Like, maybe maybe for the world title. You know, maybe not right after Swerve wins it, but like toward the end of his run, if you want to put Adam Page back in that spot at some point. Um, because after yeah. Swerve, I mean, Samoa Joe and Swerve, they were kind of the idea we had in our heads. Where after that, we don't really know, do we? You know what I mean? Like, who who knows who should be the next world champion after that? Um, you know, you can make an argument for Brian Danielson, but with him going to a limited match schedule, who knows if that's ever going to happen now? You know what I mean? Like, because um, can he be the world champion wrestling 10 matches a year? don't know you know what i mean like um but uh either way we're in a good spot with this story but we're also in a great spot with the world title scene going forward i have a feeling um so yeah i mean that takes us to the end of uh of uh dynamite right i, I don't yeah. really have much to add about the match it was a really really good match it was really fun it daniel was, garcia it was really enjoyable you know what i will say this is one thing i do have to say i like like you were saying i hope this is what bodes well I, I specifically hope that because I think Swerve's spot is kind of already solidified at the top. He could still get knocked down off of it, but I don't think it's happening anytime soon with how he's been wrestling and how he's been performing. But 
I think uh, Daniel Garcia, I, I really want to, uh, this positioning for him at the main event of the first new show of the year, that feels fucking great for me. And I hope that bodes well for his year and that he's going to maybe finally step into that spot. We believe that he's capable of taking up in the main event. Hard agree. Well, let's go jump to this nothing burger of Rampage. Um, Mark Briscoe and the Hardys beat Kip Sabian, Butcher and the Blade. This match was not that Bro, there was a a stinger splash or like, just like body splash in the corner that that or no it was like the uh poetry in motion jeff was trying to hit and it just yeah it didn't no, hit this, this match this match was not great and it went on for a long fucking time at rickabani you know uh, he he tried it's not looking he good gave, for mark briscoe's year two you know no, as a singles Rickabani wrestler gave us some cool backstory though with you know, remembering the shit of Kip Sabian talking shit about him, and he used it during the match, so that was cool. Um, Renee interviews Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Guevara cuts a promo about a singles match with Ricky on Dynamite. Jericho warned Big Bill stay away, or else he's gonna kick Bill's teeth out, and Uncle Joe is gonna cry. What? And Lord Rickard and Lord William the Lodge. Uncle Joey. Joe there, bud. Uncle Joey? Joe and. So, um, by the way, shout outs to the Rick of Bone Zone on Rampage. That was, that was cool. We have Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale defeating Notorious Mimi and Kennedy Hardcastle. Cool little meme about the name of her. I guess she's normally Kennedy Copeland and they changed it. So that's kind of cool. Stokely was comedy introducing fucking Chris Statlander here calling her thicker than a snicker. Yeah, he was fucking brilliant during the intro here. And, you know, hey, they're playing up a storyline with Statlander and, and him. So that's kind of fun. That's fun. Um, Yeah, they beat their ass. This is over quick. Uh, Willow got the pinfall after a spine buster on Mimi. <coughs> Excuse me. Renee interviews the Hardy Boys. Jeff said they need to get on Dynamite and bring up those ratings. Private Party interrupts. <coughs> Excuse me. Matt congratulated them for striking out on their own. And I don't know what, what do you think of this angle? You you were kind of alluding to it earlier. Like, so, I mean, they can run this if they want. I mean, they probably should, but I mean, it, I hope it's not a feud. I hope it's just a match. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're acknowledging that it exists. I, I thought this fucking video was, or this backstage was funny as fuck. Cause Jeff Hardy just put a fucking shirt over Mark Quinn's face. <laughs> he just left it there. Mark yeah, just right. didn't react. He just no sold it. Just like, oh, what do no I do sold here? It. Oh, shit yeah, was right. And then it was even Hard funnier when Renee was it Renee? Yeah, I was thinking who it was backstage with them. Whoever it was backstage just pulled the shirt <laughs> slowly after they walked away. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, I hope they don't get too tied up with this. Uh, they have uh, AW is kind of infamous for like they, they'll do a one off segment like this that feels like it's just setting up a match and then this will go on for six months. So hopefully it's not like that, you know. I'll tell you what, the Hardys turning heel is probably the best thing they could do right now for the Hardys. So, well, yeah, because they could wrestle a more heelish style, which is yeah. going to fit more what they can maybe do athletically at this point. And yeah, that's probably pretty good. I mean, Matt Hardy, we've seen. I mean, if you don't think Matt Hardy can be a convincing heel, I mean, the birth of the Hardy family office back in, like, the TNA days, you know, I don't know if it was called that then, but, like, whatever, the Hardy brand shit, you know, like, um, like, yeah. that shit was super over before he went and did the, um, 
the uh what would you what do you call it the uh, broken shit you know what i mean like i think that's why he had to reinvent himself because shit got kind of stale because they were doing it for so long because it worked so well so heal matt hardy i don't think it's gonna work in the ring but it could definitely work like you said uh for their characters so yeah so we had another women's that match uh, so two women's matches this uh, uh rampage in my aw <laughs> where hikaru she defeats anna J. And they kind of told this out as a long-term story. They said this was the first wrestled, they first wrestled in the early pandemic tapings from QT Marshall's gym. Anna Jay's first match within the company. And each time she's wrestled Sheeta, she gets closer and closer to victory. And early on, she, she beat her ass, dude. Like, through the commercial break. She was, she was laying waste and doing pretty cool. It was, it was cool to see. So. Um, all in all, Sheeta ended up winning the match with a, uh, it was, a came off the top with a Meteor spinning kick to get the pinfall. So really cool story that they played out here, which I, I was pretty impressed Anna by. just can't beat Sheeta and I, maybe that's going to follow her throughout her whole career. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe she'll have to face Sheeta as the world champion at some point And that's when she'll finally beat her. You know what I mean? Not as Anna as the world champion, but to win it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's definitely an interesting, yeah. uh. Uh, ri- uh, ripple. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, I won't spend too- I won't spend more time on this. Yeah, so cool, cool little thing they're doing. Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal are no longer getting along. Sanjay Dutt tried to mediate the dispute, and this did not go well. Jarrett called Lethal a loser. Lethal said Jarrett wouldn't win any matches without his help. Jarrett said he was a twelve-time world champion. So I think what we're supposed to get here is Jay Lethal's turning face. A feud between each other could, you know, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that on Rampage, you know? Yeah, it won't Miller hurt Miller Yuta versus Commander for the ROH Pure Championship. Like you were saying earlier, ROH Pure Championship on Ring of Honor Challenge, impossible difficulty. Yeah, literally. Like, why? That's my first thought. Why is this not match? Why is this match not happening on Ring of Honor? Both guys wrestle in Ring of Honor. Both guys are pretty over in Ring of Honor. Wheeler Yuta has, if, even if Wheeler Yuta had heat with the guy that's the main guy in Collision, it's Brian Danielson, so I still think he'd let him wrestle, you know what I mean, like, so, like, and it's not a thing, because they're friends, so it's, like, at least as far as I know, like, you know, so, like, yeah. I, I don't get it, I, I, but I will say this, uh, the Mexican submission wrestling style, like, the Yave style or whatever it is, the, they got to get more of these guys in these fucking pure title matches. Cause there's something there, man. I'm telling you it's different and it works differently, but it's so cool. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like the Angelico thing. You know what I mean? Like the, but why isn't this on our club? Charlie explain. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. I, I don't know why it's not. It feels like it should be. It makes sense that it would be. <laughs> And yet, uh, it's not. So it's like somebody made a pure title graphic for one rampage because <laughs> they wanted to have a good match on rampage, and now they can't. They're like, "Well, we got to use these at some point." Yeah, I thought the match was perfectly fine for what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I do like that when they have the pure rules matches, they play into it being a pure rules match and don't treat it like it's something completely different, right? So that works for me. Um, I mean, it's got to grind these tapings to a halt, though, when they're fucking reading off those rules. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I would imagine. But I like the clock running on the screen. It adds to that sports presentation, right? So, yeah, all in all, that was Rampage. Very forgettable Rampage, to be honest, which it does happen some weeks. And it's unfortunate when it happens, but it is what it is. 
now we're gonna jump into Collision, where uh, this this is a pretty uh pretty heavy match week, I would say. So, um, after Collision, we'll talk about next week, and uh, yeah, so Collision being your show, go yep, ahead yep, and uh, yep. take the lead. Collision episode number twenty eight. We're nearly to episode thirty. Um, yeah. So we had no cold open this week. I cry forever. Um, Ric Flair, then, you know, his music hits at the uh, top of the show, accompanying Sting and Darby Allen to take on the workhorsemen, um, who attempted to jump them early, but Sting no-sold the jumping of the previous, at the start of the match, which I don't think I've ever seen somebody no-sell that before. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, somehow Nigel managed to figure out how to glaze Christian in this match. Don't know how that happened, but that happened. Yeah, right. Um, and, uh, you know, but exactly what you'd think here, Darby, Sting, pick up the win. It's a nice little opening match, set up the show, got the crowd going, get Sting on the show. I expected a little bit more of this, honestly, for them to be parading. I guess it makes sense for them to do it at the start of the year, but I expected a little bit more of this from Sting on his end, end of his career, but yeah, he I'm wanted to honest, save it for I'm this. I'm surprised they didn't... Uh, they, they, they probably wanted to save it for this three months. Before. No, because we got a couple months to build up before the pay-per-view, so he'll probably get his last matches in now, which yeah, makes sense. You gotta imagine, if they announced this on Wednesday... This would have moved more tickets. Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree. But I mean, eh, I mean, whatever. Little I mean, things like that. I'm always, I'm always a little like, huh? Yeah, because then they could have even sold it as Ric Flair will be on the show too. It yeah, like, I, it was like one of the nights when CM Punk first joined, where they didn't announce him literally until like two hours before the show, and we were yeah. like, why wouldn't you? What? And it did actually yeah. affect the sales of tickets. I want to say in that instance. I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I no, I, I feel you, I feel you, I hundred percent. But I mean, hey, what what can you do? Um, I, it wasn't like a spectacular. I mean, it wasn't. They never planned on it being like a great crazy match. That's probably why. Like maybe if they were planning on getting more out of the workhorseman here, but uh, I'm not sure. Either way, uh, we had Eddie Kingston take on Trent Beretta for the AW Triple Crown, and uh, or I guess I should just say the Triple Crown. And I guess it was, I mean, so I, I got to ask, Charlie, because I'm a little confused here, because they kept referring to this as he was going after the Continental title. So is he not defending the other titles when he defends? Like, that's not how this should work. Like, um, I believe it was all three. Right. But. Why AEW is billing it as the Continental Crown? I don't know. Yeah. I don't they know need to figure that on. out. They need to just figure that out with New Japan and just be like, yo, what are we calling this fucking thing? Because I'm telling you right now, if he's on Ring of Honor and they call it the Ring of Honor World title, I'm going to be like, dude, what the fuck are we doing? No, yeah, like I don't – if it's literally like, – yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because my fear is that they're just going to be treated as three separate titles that he's going to defend individually, which – it doesn't really feel like a triple crown to me. Like, you know, you know, we didn't see – we didn't see – I at least I haven't seen any all Japan triple crown matches where – they had a guy defending one of the titles, but not the others, where they referred to it as just one of the titles. Like, it, it, it should be, it should be something. Um, Trent got chopped directly in his face at one point and was busted open at one point. Um, Eddie was slaughtering the lambs in picture in picture. We had Sue in attendance for this match, so she got to watch her son get beat the shit out of. Um, There's some really good back and forth in this match, and it really picked up toward the end. Um, and Eddie ended up picking up the win off two Northern Lights bombs. Um, so good match overall, a uh, good first defense for Eddie. Uh, I hope this bodes well for the championships going forward. And I'm just really confused by how the whole thing works. So we had Tony Schiavone backstage, uh, with Willow and, uh, Chris Statlander. And, uh, 
also with boots, the uh, the uh, looks like a bearded dragon, I think it was, but like the lizard boots, which uh, I hope is now a permanent part of Chris Natlinger's <laughs> gimmick. Did you see the Brian Alvarez tweet about this lizard? What was the tweet about the lizard? I didn't see this. The guy this. is so fucking in with wrestling nomenclature. He goes, and Chris Statlander was standing there with a shoot lizard. <laughs> <laughs> a shoot lizard. A fucking shoot lizard. Uh, like, dude, fucking A, man. You're in too deep, bro. You need to take a shoot lizard. Back. A shoot lizard. I actually fucking I need to know what a kayfabe it. lizard looks like <laughs> immediately. That's what I'm saying, dude. And there she is with a shoot lizard. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Are we Shout out to Boots. Um, oh, that was good. No, that is an all timer right there. A shoot lizard. Oh, Christ. Uh, <laughs> speaking of shoots, uh, we had Hook backstage. Or I guess it was like a video. And he challenged Samoa Joe. So I guess Hook's oh, like yeah. in agreement with me that he finally needs to do something. Otherwise, people are just not going to take him very seriously. Um, this I think is, he's going to get destroyed, unfortunately, here, pretty quickly by Joe. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I'll tell you what, I do think they're going to have an actual match too because there's been some fun internet discourse today about this match. Um, So, for context, uh, the USA Network kind of tried to meme on Tony Khan. And if you guys don't know, Tony Khan's the ultimate shit poster, man. You're not going to fucking meme him. It's not going to happen. And um, he fought back. He's like... He goes on to name Hook's record and shit, and he's like, uh, and you you guys are having Jinder Mahal, who hasn't won a singles match in over a year, fend for your title. So he's like, the Jinder Mahal Hook discourse today, and I think like even Jinder hopped in on the tweets. He's like, who the fuck is Hook? So <laughs> there's been a lot of this shit today that's been kind of fun. Um, so... I, th- I haven't I think, even seen any of that. That's pretty funny. Like that's yeah. Like you got Dax Harwood tweeting like hook rules. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think I, I I don't think this is. I mean, yes, world champion, but I don't. I think even at the peak of his world title, I think Hook, as crazy as it is to say, as much as I don't think Hook has done anything, I think he clears fucking gender easily. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, yes, like so easily. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, gender. Gender, yeah, there's a whole that's a whole no, but you can't hinder the gender though, so maybe I'm wrong. And that's the thing, it it all stems from a meme, so it's like, where is this guy's actual stock, right? I have no idea, so I don't know, just gotta wait and fucking see, right? Um, but yeah, so that takes us to our next match, which is Commander and Brian Keith uh, taking on the kingdom for a Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship Proving Ground match. Again, Charlie, I just have to ask you a real genuine question. I like these matches being on collision and stuff, but why isn't this on fucking Honor Club? Um, right. Um, la- last thing I want to add about that is is a uh, is Hook's record is twenty eight and one. Yeah, he's beaten a lot of people. That deserves a world championship match, if anything, right? Oh well, yeah, one hundred percent. If we're if records still mean anything, yeah, yeah, you know, which which you know, if we're going to a sp- more of a sports based man, when the records were fucking cooking, they were beautiful. But it it when we forgot about them or we tried to make up reasons why Moxley's ahead of Wardlow, it got fucking stupid. Because at the end of the day, Moxley should have never jumped Wardlow on that last record. And that was when I think. I remember we talked. That was the death of Wardlow, bro. Because everybody fucking knew that Wardlow was the number one contender for like fucking months. It was the same thing. It almost killed FTR. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've done this before. They were like, we've beat everyone for months. Where's our fuck? Yeah. So 
if they want to go back to the record, we need people that can, you know, th- that are going to either help Tony or something. Like, someone needs to be in charge of the records and what they mean to the stories. Well, I think but, that was – I think Tony was always in charge of it. I think he just – I think what Tony found is uh, what when he what you have to do is you have to take it either fully seriously – which means every booking decision that you make has to line up with where you want to be when the records reflect what they reflect. I think Wardlow was an example of a guy that he started booking later into his plans, and it turned out his plans for Wardlow that he had basically he felt locked in to his other plans that he had set up the records for. And Wardlow was clearly a pivot that he pivoted away from or added in late, one or the other. And so it did not have the time to justify uh, putting in somebody else over Wardlow. And so he had to come up with a bullshit way around it. And so I think that kind of soured him on the whole, well, if I, if I do this, it's too strict on me as a booker. But yeah, he's just going to have to start booking everything. He's going to have to go even more um, granular than he already does just so that everything lines up and it, it just flows seamlessly. Because otherwise, there, you are going to run into this problem again. And it'll be with somebody like Swerve that's over and it'll it'll tank them also. Like that's the only problem with it is that if you don't respect your own set, like if you don't set it up and then say, okay, this is how it works and it's going to work like this and then stick to that, people are going to start not buying into it at all. Like they kind of didn't after Wardlow and the reason why they ended up having to drop it ultimately, you know, like. It needs to be a checks and balances system essentially, right? And when you when you start breaking your own rules that you've established, well then it just gets fucked. Like that's why WWE's versions of things like this have never worked in the past. And he fell right into the same trap. And it must just be super easy to fall into that trap because I mean, shit, he's got a massive roster and a guy like Wardlow is somebody that when you look at them on paper, you're going to have them win a lot. You know what I mean? Cause you're not going to have Wardlow lose. It's just, it's one of those things you got to just be really careful about who you put on TV when, you know what I mean? Like not having dark anymore, which just fed people's records, I think is going to be huge for that, to be honest with you. Because people will be getting less matches now. I think that might have been the biggest problem is that they were just spamming matches onto people's records to make them work. But then it made their records kind of ridiculous, especially if they started going on runs. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, anyway, I know I spent a lot of time on that. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, and also at one point, uh, someone went for a pile driver and uh, Tony Schiavone said it couldn't get it up. And Kevin Kelly went, uh, what now? Um, so Kevin Kelly's still the horny police, um, horny police. And, uh, yeah. So that, that popped Nigel pretty hard. Um, yeah. Bullet club golden, the acclaimed agreed to uh, work together, Charlie, to, uh, we were cutting the backstage to take out the devil's henchmen and tease the idea of a faction. Yeah. So the acclaimed now I'll tell you right now, bullet club gold's already a super overact. You toss the acclaimed in there, Charlie. You turn yeah. the acclaimed back heel. You get Max Caster cutting those insane promos, or I guess those insane raps against people in a heel way. Ooh, that could be some real fucking money right there, buddy. It does add an intriguing element. Um, I think it's all just, I, I do like, I will say, I like how they have Austin Gunn almost like teasing it too. Like, hmm, that, it does make sense. I just see it being like, yeah, Jay's going to be like, nah, fuck this. We're better than you. Give us your titles, bitch. Yeah, no, they'll they'll work together until whatever time they don't need to, and then I just hope it doesn't get like convoluted because because like if we have like two weeks of them working together and then they turn immediately, like this needs to like either play out over time 
or as soon as they lose like one match with the acclaimed out there with them, they just turn on the acclaimed or something. Like it just needs to be instant or played out. Like yeah. I'm not sure which way they're gonna go. So yeah, um, Adam, yeah, yeah. Adam Copeland uh, addressed uh, winning and then losing the TNT Championship in minutes at the pay per view. Says he's going to. He came out to the crowd here to a big pop. By the way, um, says he's going to earn another shot at the championship. And calls out anybody from the back. Basically says, I'm going to start the path here. And uh, this is when Griff Garrison and uh, Maria come out. And uh, Griff Garrison then takes on Adam Copeland. And uh, right before the match started, uh, Griff slapped the shit out of him. He was like, you know, Griff, because he was like being like, Griff, I, I don't want to do this to you. You know, I have a lot of respect for you. You know that I like you, you know, basically playing into the thing that we already know about him. And he was like, slap and he was like okay i like you even more now but now i had to destroy you which he did did go on to do but they let griff garrison get some shit in here man and this is what i love to see and we even got cole carter who is also out there and maria both getting involved trying to open the door because they know this is griff's biggest opportunity of his career so they're going to do everything they can for him and i love that it shows its cohesion between that team it's like a unit they're all like together on this and just, I thought this was a great showcase of Griff. And this, in my mind, was the blueprint for Adam Copeland. He was going to come in. He was going to have some stories that are really good. He was going to be just one of the best things on television. And he was going to view stuff like this with guys like Griff. And it's going to continue to happen, I think, throughout this run as it goes back up toward the title. And uh, Cole Carter makes the attack after the bell. Man, just, just a really, really, really fun segment here. I didn't actually write down, did somebody make the save here? I want to say they did, right? Am I crazy? Did somebody come in and run them off? I swear they did. Um, Let me see if, if I have it in the uh, in the collision doc, if you will. Let me look. I, I, I thought someone made the save here, but I, it could have just cut to commercial. Let me just check. Um, I didn't write it down, weirdly, somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm trying to see this. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just fought them both off by himself. Okay, weird. Okay. My bad. I, I didn't think they did that, but okay. I mean, that's fine because, you know, one of them had just been through a match with him. And so I guess you could say, oh, yeah, he was still hurt from that. And Maria's obviously not able to get involved. And if Cole just gets caught by one move. Uh, he ends up taking a, uh, you know, um, yeah, so Carter went for a 450 at one point after they had him down, and then Copeland moves out of the way, hits a spear, and took them both out. So, good stuff. Um, we then cut backstage to uh, Ric Flair, Darby Allen, and Sting. And uh, Flair was super hyped. He was off the fucking sauce. And uh, fucking, they were talking about the final match in Charlotte. And the match on Dynamite against Kesha and Powerhouse Hobbs. And then Sting goes into this fucking insane promo, which just fucking made me want to run through a brick wall. And that was really fun. Um, good stuff there, you know? Um, and yeah, so a couple of good, really fun segments back to back. Let me go to a match. Sky Blue took on Kiera Hogan. Uh, this was a bit of a cakeoff here, as I was seeing people say on the timeline. Uh, you know, um, and uh, but I'm not really going to talk about that. I'm really here to talk about how young and talented these two re- like wrestlers are. They, I'm really optimistic for the careers of both of them, and they put on a really good match here. They were selling shit of each other's offense, 
Um, Kira did tap out this guy's new submission, but I thought this was a great showing overall by both of them. Um, I, again, if I'm if I'm basing this off the same thing I was talking about during Ring of Honor and some of the other stuff, if this is the people that we're going to be looking at going into the new year as getting a push on AEW or Ring of Honor or both, I think that's a good sign going forward because you're focusing on the young talent and trying to make their careers. All right. Serena Deeb uh, had a video package, uh, the second one we've had since her announced return that we had, where she was talking about being isolated and training and uh, just some really good stuff here and how she's going to take this division by storm. She's like basically not impressed with it. She doesn't, you know, see the potential she thought she saw in it. She wants to like make them better, blah, 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 blah. Good stuff. She's a little unhinged, it's seeming like, because all the straight check and stuff, but she's also like very focused right now. And I think that's very good because she's a very talented wrestler and she could help get some showcases for some of the other talent that we've got coming in. Um, if that's uh, Mercedes's first match, I would not be against Serena Deeb being like, maybe Serena comes back before. Well, I guess you'd have to have already done that, but if somehow you could get it so that Serena Deeb could be back in time for that or something like that, that would be great. I mean, just because Mercedes shows up doesn't mean she has to immediately have a match. She could literally just show up and then be like, yeah, I'm wrestling in a few weeks. So you could set that up. Um, I would, I would, I'm really excited to see what they do with that though. Um, Claudio Castagnoli took on Andrew Everett. Andrew Everett's like one of those guys that they keep throwing on, um, random AEW shows and ring of honor shows. So just show up randomly. And we all know they're never going to do anything with the guy. You know what I mean? But he just shows up randomly and loses to people, which I mean, I'm sure they pay him a decent amount to do it, you know? if he keeps doing it. So, I mean, get your bag, Andrew, I guess, you know, um, but he was sacrificed to the God of pain. Uh, he got taken out by a big time lariat. Um, and then, uh, Claudio called out hangman, Adam page. So that should be a banger of a match. I'm excited to see. We cut backstage to Ricky Starks and big bill talking about the daily's place match, challenging Jericho and Guevara to a tag team title street fight on battle of the belts. So that match should probably be pretty good. I'm sure Jericho will show up for that, even though it's going to be like the fifth hour of wrestling that night or something. No, not really, but it'll be like the fourth hour of wrestling that night. Well, no, it'll be like the third. Actually, I can do math, I swear. Um, Whatever. It'll be like the... Probably, I would assume that that match is going to run a lot of the time of Battle of the Belts, considering it's a street fight. But I mean, it could also be really short. Who knows? It could be like opening the show. But uh, I'm sure that should be good. And then that actually takes us to the end of the show because we already talked about the main event. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I overall, uh, obviously, I think it was a good start to the year for Collision. Um, I, I'm really excited with a lot of the people that they chose to be the uh, the focus, I guess, at the beginning of the year. If if they continue that through line through later into the year, I think it'll be a really, really good sign um, going forward. Uh, for the company, just because I think focusing on the younger talent and focusing on this talent that sort of went out of their way to prove themselves in the last year or so is probably going to be really good for their careers, but also just, I, I think the show will benefit from it in general. Um, let me see if I can find the, uh, the, the dynamite card for next week and everything that's announced. Um, cause it looks like Charlie's a little busy right now. Um, let me see if I can find that stuff, and I'll and I'll, I'll just talk through it really quickly. Oh, damn, oh, I did not realize my thing was muted. Um, oh shit! Yeah, I've been talking um, the whole time. My god, fucking a. Oops. Yeah, I fucking you know I've been I've been sick, so I've been I blew my nose the or I 
muted to blow my nose uh, earlier on in the show. But uh, okay, um, yeah. Uh, well, just all just all, since I went through all that stuff because I didn't know you were uh, unable. Did you, there was there anything yeah, you wanted to hit bad. on that I that I went through? I'm trying to think of what I what I was um, saying. Um, yeah, like the five hours of wrestling in one night is pretty brutal. Well, that that's uh, I I think I was exaggerating. I think it's gonna be like three, but whatever, you know. No, dude. Honestly, with because they're gonna tapering of honor. Oh yeah, so, true. If you're there for that show, that's gonna be brutal. I mean, it's legit five hours. I mean, you get your money's worth. That's for sure. Oh yeah, if you want to um, just go to one wrestling show and get a bunch of wrestling yeah, content out. Uh, yeah. yeah, Sky Blue and Kira Hogan. I I agree with you. Um, they are both very enjoyable, and um, I mean, Kira Hogan really. She earned a. Lot she seems of like she wants it right now, really badly. You know, she does, and she earned a lot of stripes for me after that match with um, Athena. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, blown street away. fight in I, Chicago I, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking so, sick. I'm all in on Kira Hogan now for sure. Um, yeah. So next week we got a full card, and I I can tell you guys this too. I am going to be there, so I'm pretty. So excited we'll, we'll about be able to that. get on the pod next week. We'll get the live reaction experience. See, that's what. So the last time this happened, uh, which I think was also in Daly's place, right? Like, um. It was no, it was Fort Lauderdale. Oh, whatever. Well, it was in it was in Still. some part of the universe. Anyway, in, um, it, but we we got to do the thing where I watched it from from home, obviously, and you watched it in person. So we got this. You know, I I was asking you all kinds of questions, like what was this like in person, as opposed to what it was like for me at home. You know, or yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll so, be interesting to get that next week on the pod for sure. I'm pretty excited for that. You know, being in AW's home, as they like to call it, that'll be fun to see. I've I've actually I've never been to Daly's place. I've been to the Jaguars thing because I've seen a Packers game there, but um, I haven't actually ever been to Daly's place. So I'm kind of excited to see that. It's kind of a special show to get to go to then because it's the heart of AEW, you know? Yeah, right. See where it all started. Um, so Samoa Joe will be there. So I expect him. I'm guessing he's going to open. That'd be my guess with this. Uh, we have a Texas tornado with Sting and Darby Allen versus Kanosuke Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> Kidding me? I'm, I'm, uh, seeing, uh, I love Takeshita, so that's gonna be huge. And then we have, which are matches that are made to honor Brody Lee is the exalted one. And, uh, December 26th marked three years since his passing. And he, uh, two of his prod- prodigies, or proteges, are teaming with fan favorites. And, you know, you almost gotta think negative one. They, they've given him matches before. And you almost got to imagine this is kind of one of the matches that they let him cook with. Um, so uh, he Preston Vance, because that's his guy, you know. Preston Vance will be teaming with Adam Copeland, Dustin Rhodes, and Orange Cassidy. So I saw some concern. It's like, oh, he's a heel now. Dude, dude will come out with that. He's over with the crowd. Preston Vance, people know. They know. And it's fine. He can team with the baby faces for one night. It'll be fine. I promise. Yeah, it, exactly. It doesn't hurt a soul. Um... Yeah, no, that'll be fun. It'll be fun for him and fun for everyone. And yeah, it's uh, I almost I got to imagine there was some influence with uh, Mr. Brody Lee Jr. here. So, um, and they will face Lance Archer, Brian Cage, in the Gates of Agony. We have an eight women tag where where uh, Anna J is the highlight here, and she's teaming with Statlander, Thunder Rosa, and Willow Nightingale against Julia Hart, Sky Blue, Soraya, and Ruby Solo. I mean, that match on paper is just a banger. That's going to be fun. I've never seen any of these wrestle. 
I, I don't think I've seen a single one of these women wrestle. So that's pretty cool. Ricky Stark, Sammy Guevara, Claudio Castagnoli versus Hangman Page. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you're getting to see like a lot of your favorites. It's pretty fucking sick. Yeah, this match is going to be stupid good, too. You just know. We're in for something special here. So, uh, yeah, next week, I think they're going all out. <laughs> um, I think they're going all in. <laughs> I think they're going double or nothing. I think they're kicking it into full year. <laughs> Maybe the world will end when Mercedes doesn't show up. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be... The revolution! The revolution is now. The revolution is televised. Um, yeah, guys, so I'm pretty fucking excited. We're all chilling and grilling and home fries on the killing. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. This is, this is a nice, Jesus, two hours. I didn't even realize. Okay. Yeah, this, let's go. We were cooking we had, this time. We had a good show. We had a good show. That was fun. Um, thank you everyone for sticking around and, uh, we will uh, we'll be back next week with uh, kind of some cool insights since, uh, like I said, I'll be there and, and Duke will have the perception from the television. So it's always cool. Last time we had some other stuff aligned and it was, uh, yeah. So we will catch you guys later. Thanks again for hanging out with Eat Sleep Elite and uh, see you guys on the flip side.